Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Good nasty on a Thursday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Brad Thompson filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Marshy Marsh here as well. What an exciting day to be on sports radio. Oh, these are the ones you love. These are the ones you love. We're talking about a massive trade. Massive trade. One time big, I mean, big time superstar traded away from a team that's struggling. I mean, I would say still a superstar if he can stay healthy, Anthony. That's a good call, BT. That's a good call. But obviously a team that's uh, in in a bit of a transition here, trading off some guys. And of course, we're talking about the Kevin Durant trade. So Durantula's on the move. Break this down for me. You got KD going from Brooklyn to Phoenix. In the trade of the day. It was just never a fit. It was never a fit in Brooklyn. They tried. They tried to go out there and acquire all of these pieces, didn't they, Anthony? Yeah, they Let's did. bring in Durant. Let's bring Kyrie. in Kyrie. Let's bring in Ben Sivan. Let's bring in James Harden. How'd that work out for Not you? Not well at You know all. what? You got to try a little something new. Mm-hmm. And you knew it was coming. You look... Uh, you had Durant talking about a trade last summer, Anthony. Should have traded him last summer. Get Should've. it over with. He goes and plays with CP3. They got Devin Booker over there as well. And all of a sudden, you look at the West, Anthony. <sighs> and the Suns appear to be on top of things. Yeah. That's what everybody wants to Where the about. Where Suns should be. That's right. Well, yes, yeah. up high. It's up high, yeah. Yeah, typically. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah, biggest trade of the day. Uh, let's hear from Brian Windhorse. On the KD trade. Again, the only Only trade going on. Yep. Last night, midnight, I don't know whatever time it was, I'm on the phone with the team that had just done a trade. Okay? They're positioning their team. I'm going through the trade with the lead executive, and he goes, holy bleep, Woj. (laughs) I didn't even know. He didn't even know. That was the whole league. The whole league went holy bleep. And now we're in a mad scramble till 3 o'clock. Mad scramble. You heard him? The whole league. Mm-hmm. Holy yeah. bleep. And that's, I mean, that's it. Kevin that's Durant. It. I guys, mean, this, man, there this are a lot of other moves. Guys, guys. Which will break down. Gonna tell us. Throughout the what course the other of the what else? What else we got? Vladimir Tarasenko was traded today. What? <laughs> From, Son of a. We, uh, what? Marsh, you got to tell us this stuff before we walk in the door. We got all these notes on KD. You don't just let us walk out to lunch if, if there's something that happens. That's rule number one as yeah. a producer. Hey, guys, you can't eat. It's not my fault you didn't check your phone. Well, I mean, I, I don't like to constantly scroll. It's I, actually I, really rude. We were having a good conversation. If he looks at his phone during it, it's like, yeah, that's okay, a well, I exactly. don't care about my family. I usually go the Aaron Rodgers route. I get my parma, my uh, karma punched. And I, I walk into a cave and uh, I sit there for a while. No phone. Huh. You probably thought he was still on the team since, you know, BK and Ferrari were giving out his puck. 
sign puck. Exactly. Boy, so that one was bad th- timing. Really? One thirty. Yeah. One thirty. They gave out a signed Vladimir Tarasenko puck. I, I, I would assume that they yeah. wouldn't hand out a puck. Well, at least it wasn't his thirtieth birthday, Anthony. Very true. Yeah. Very true. Got a text to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Says priceless. Well done. Don't start with the NBA, they said. Fooey, you said. <laughs> you got a plan, you stick with it. <laughs> they won't see this coming. Not uh, one bit. Another one from the 314. Let the daily facetiousness begin. <laughs> All right, so let's dig into the actual nuts and bolts of all of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, This was, uh, we were talking to JR yesterday, our our guy Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic, who's been on top of this the entire time. And uh, he had his tears, his his trade tears, right? Well, uh, Brad, I mean, maybe something going on in his life. You don't know. I mean, he's an emotional man, uh, but I was a a different spelling. Gotcha. Anthony, I E, I before E, except F or C, but uh, tears uh, of like levels of trades. And he had Tarasenko as the inevitable. And he also had a corresponding piece that had him going to the Rangers. Rangers. Where did he go? Rangers. The Rangers. The Rangers. The Rangers. So, do you have the full deal I do. in front of you? Anthony, tell the people the full deal if they just got in the car, hadn't heard anything, yep. or were really digging in on that Kevin Durant deal. Yeah, probably like us, uh, BT. So, the Blues official, they made this official. We always get the updates through our, our email. Uh, but the, the deal officially for the Blues... The Blues acquire a conditional 2023 first-round draft pick, a 2024 fourth-round draft pick, forward Sammy Blay. Yes, that Sammy Blay. What? Who they traded okay. in the Pavel Buchnevich deal. So they got Pavel Buchnevich and Sammy Blay uh, for nothing, basically. Defenseman Hunter Skinner, who I know, uh, BT, you're a fan of. Dude, I would go to a Hunter Skinner concert right uh, now. Me too, yeah. But <laughs> tell me Hunter Skinner, I, I'm in. Couldn't slay. Yeah. Planet the Shafits. Absolutely. So, no, this this Hunter Skinner is a prospect, defense, defenseman, pro, defensive prospect. Oh. Mm-hmm. For Vladimir Tarasenko. Some of the people are saying he might be suspect. Doesn't matter either way. You Whatever. Got you yeah. Got uh, also going on, going into that deal is Nico Mikula. So Vladimir Tarasenko, Nico Mikula to the Rangers. Blues get 2023 first round pick from the Rangers, 2024 fourth round pick. Sammy Blay and defenseman Hunter Skinner again a prospect. So we get a lot of texts and uh, look, they, they are. It's a lot like actually you and I were talking about in the office, Anthony. It's a lot like Twitter or the comments on any piece that Jeremy Rutherford is putting up. We're getting fire army. What a horrible return. That's ridiculous. The Blues don't know what they're doing. They're never going to be able to rebuild like this. Mm. I think that one thing that we're forgetting here in a trade of Vladimir Tarasenko, what's the thing we're forgetting, Anthony? Oh, the fact that he had a no trade clause? He had a no trade clause. There was likely a team that he gave you. That team very well could have been the Rangers. It probably was. It was. And said, this is where I want to go. So you work out a deal and you make it happen. They were able to get a first-round pick for them. The players coming back are whatever. They they got bodies coming back. You got bodies going the other way. Um, The the conditional fourth round, I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know what they're going to be able to do with the first-round pick. But I know this. You were limited as to what your return was going to be. It's easy to say play it down to the wire and, and wait until the last minute. But if you've got a guy that's telling you, hey, this is the list. Like, this is what it is. And, and we'll sit on our hands if, if uh, you, know, you don't acquire or don't get the right team that uh, we want to go to. Why wouldn't you just make the move early? Like, I, I don't hate the return. It's not like I'm saying, well, the Blues are back, baby. This is how you rebuild. 
What what did you think you were gonna get for a rental of Terrasang? Right there. Right there. What, what were you th- what were you thinking the blues were gonna get? We talked about it yesterday. Not that we we had any inside knowledge to it, but the reports were they were gonna get likely a first round pick and a prospect for Vladimir Tarasenko. They got a first round pick, a fourth round pick, a prospect in Sammy Blay, who's obviously very familiar with the organization. I don't under, I don't understand what anybody else was was expecting out of this. And, and and please leave us a mic drop, leave us a text. I'm not I'm not being critical of of your opinion on this. What is your opinion? What did you think the the the? Well, I, mean, I would definitely want to hear from the people. Yeah. What what did you think the Blues were going to get? Because again, I thought first round pick and a prospect because that's all we were reading. And as Brad just noted, your list was going to be pretty limited, Marsh. I mean, if you really think about it. You got Pavel Buchnevich for him. You get Sammy ba- Blay back. All right, do that. It you doesn't do that, work like that. Do that. Does it gym, not work like that? Do that gymnastics. Do that gymnastics. Yeah. Let me... so Sammy Blay, uh-huh. you get Pavel Buchnevich for Sammy Blay. Right. Sammy Blay now comes back in this deal, so you trade Vladimir Tarasenko mm-hmm. and Nico Mikola for, what, all these picks? Yeah. Hunter Skinner. And then you get Pavel Buchnevich from last year's that's just how i'm looking at it okay. it's interesting, it's, interesting. Yeah. it's out of it's I'm outside the box it, it's an outside the box perspective a for effort marsh so, by the way with, with this deal and uh, we got a few texts in the air comfort service text line my buddy carrie robinson sent me a text What's as up? well said the fourth round pick becomes a third if the rangers do make the playoffs so uh there's that as well could be an even better pick uh that ends up coming they will. in for for the blues but carrie uh, robinson texted you that yeah no he's Look a carrie robinson he loves hockey, hockey guy. yeah for sure still plays so love it got that going for him so he knows if we get him on he'll break this down here's an interesting text though anthony from the uh, air comfort service text line and one that i think that we should talk about it says solid move by army he dumps salary cap and gets something in return well he really doesn't does he now you're not dumping much salary here as you're retaining no, a bunch of it with vladdy i believe it's to a- get that pick from, from what Mikula. I could read, it was fifty percent of the cap, right, or fifty percent of his contract. Mm. But here's the thing: let's let's consider here fifty percent of what's remaining. Exactly. So, from a cap step, you were going to get that cap space anyways as soon as Vladimir Tarasenko hit free agency. So if you if you kept him, here's the key: if you kept him, he was hitting free agency no matter what. You weren't going to br- you weren't going to be able to bring him back, even if you wanted to. He was likely to go. So instead of getting nothing for Vladimir Tarasenko, you got a first rounder, you got a fourth rounder that could be a third third rounder. Thank you, Kerry Robinson, of uh, a prospect in Sammy Bly. and Hunter Skinner, and a, and a Hunter Skinner, Hunter Skinner. I mean that guy. That guy's I got some grit to be front row with you for mm-hmm. the next Hunter Skinner concert. I like to picture my defensive prospect Absolutely. front row Hunter Skinner concert. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the Blues and, and Doug Armstrong could have gotten a better deal a few years back? Or do you think this is the best deal that they could for have gotten? Yes. Oh, obviously. Yes. Anytime you, you have think more, so? Anytime that you have more term on a contract with yeah. a player like Vladdy, yes, you'll get a way bigger return. Even though teams knew that he wanted out at that for time. For sure. But it's, it's still you get years of that player. Right. The only That's thing fair. that would have given you a little pushback in, in that scenario right. is health. Right, the the, the right. idea of the shoulder. How concerned are you that? But I'm sure that there's some conditions that you could throw into a deal too. If he sure. misses a certain amount of time, maybe there's a, a different return that goes to it. But the fact that he he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, like that's why mm-hmm. your return isn't going to be huge. That's why the same thing. If Ryan O'Reilly does end up getting dealt, first of all, one thing. If he does, okay, it's if he does, I'd much rather he he be a blue forever, and like that's what he wants. That would be great first thing i wanted to happen during our show i think that that is the, be nice. the best time to have any breaking news because it really ends up carrying the day yeah 
selfish. A little bit That's selfish. That's what we thought about the Kevin Durant thing. Sure did. And maybe we'll revisit that at yeah. some point. I thought we were breaking that Trade. down very well. And the second thing is, like, whatever you think this monster return is going to be for him, it might not be quite as high. you got right. a guy that is coming off of an injury. It's been an ineffective year for you. And he's an unrestricted free agent. So... Like we could set the bar as high as we want, and the, we keep using the re, whether it's rebuild, retool, uh, you know, whatever, regroup, whatever the Blues are doing. They don't have the they don't have the ability with the contracts that they have on this roster to blow up a roster. Yeah. You try to mix and match. You still have your young core. Those guys are going to have to be great. You're still going to have to figure out what free agency looks like, how you move some of these pieces in and out. But you're not blowing this thing up, and then then building back from scratch like you have your building block chris kerber voice of the blues right here on the home of the blues 101 espn is going to join us next we'll talk to him about the impactful kevin uh vladimir tirasenko trade (laughs) here on 101 espn we'll get his take Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So you're saying Hunter Skinner is Leonard Skinner's brother, huh? Basically. Yeah. That's how badass I think the kid's name sounds. I don't know anything else. Now, spelled differently, but... Uh, Hunter Skinner. Front row, Anthony. Damn right, you, front row. Me, Marshy, Hunter Skinner. Mm-hmm. On the glass. Marshy already has his... Uh, He's got his Hunter Skinner uniform Hunter Skin- on. <laughs> he does. kind of got a Hunter Skinner shirt on right now. All right. Uh, let's bring in another fan of Hunter Skinner and the concert uh, that I'm sure we're going to attend to at uh, some point. Chris Kerber, who is the voice of the blues here for 101 ESPN. Kerbs, how are you? Fellas, I, I'm doing great. You know, you know when I worked in Alabama, uh, speaking of uh, nobody related to Hunter Skinner, uh-huh. uh, that was how the team took the ice. Sweet home Alabama, if you heard that bump, bump, bum, you knew that it was about to start another period. So oh, that, I that, that. Means, that meant that you either had to get to your broadcast booth or get out of the hot dog line in a hurry because the period was about to start. That's a bad feeling when you're not in the exact place you should be and you hear the music that tells you you should be there. Uh-huh. I don't like that feeling. Yeah. No, I don't like well, feeling. There, there's the worst feeling, Brad. I don't know if it's ever happened to you yet, but if it has, and it will at some point, where your stomach goes, you're not going to be where you are in a moment here, so hope somebody else can take over the mic. I'm sweating right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel good. Somebody have a trash can? So, Curbs, obviously, the, the big news, Tarasenko. Let's just get instant reaction from you when you knew this deal went down. Uh, listen, I'm not at all surprised. I'm glad it finally happened. Uh, I, I, I still believe. I don't know what happened on the inside. I still believe that the trade request was always there. Uh, I really don't think that the Blues were going to re-sign him. I, I think that Vladimir Tarasenko, even if they even if they do end up re-signing him, I think there was a I want to test the market aspect to to him. And so whether that's accurate or not, I don't know. It's just me and, and my gut feeling on this. But um, you, you know, initially I'm I'm, I, I'm thankful for the 10, 11 years we got to see Vladimir Tarasenko, an amazing part of a Cup championship. Uh, I'm. I'm really kind of bummed from this aspect because 
I think we're seeing now through what's going to happen with these other UFAs, really the, the final dismantling of that cup team as we turn now to a different core of group of guys that have to find a way to reopen a championship window. But you know what? I think it's a really good and a smart deal for the New York Rangers. I think he ends up lighting it up with Artemi Panarin. Um, you know, and, and with a couple of conditions, Blues get some assets that uh, they can make sure that the cupboard never gets bare. Curbs, I'm sure I'm sure you're going to think about this a lot more. So I, I, you know, I apologize for putting you on the spot. But when you think back to Vladimir Tarasenko's time here in St. Louis, of course, you saw him from a rookie until his final day, which is today. Uh, outside of, of course, a Stanley Cup champion, what, how would you view Vladimir Tarasenko's time in St. Louis? Like, what, what's his what's his legacy here? Well, I, I think you've got to. I think you're talking about one of the best offensive players that ever played for this team. Yeah, at least at least from a goal scoring standpoint, he's going to finish what top four or five in goals and you know and and uh, top ten in points and and I think that uh, you you saw it, at least you know in my time here it, well let's just say since oh four oh five since since the team went to rock bottom in oh five oh six I he he was the one true game changing player from a scoring standpoint that the St Louis Blues had. He might have an awful game. Things might not be going well. In one flick of the wrist, he could turn a game around and he could win a game. And heck, we've even seen that happen this year. So I, I you know, you're, you're talking about one of the most skilled players to ever wear the blue note. Uh, one of the best shots to ever wear the blue note. Uh, top three or four shots, maybe all time uh, as a franchise player. You know, and and it's someone that uh, I think no doubt is in one day going to be in the Blues Hall of Fame and. You know, and, and there's a couple of guys like him and Alexander Steen where I think if somebody made the case to try and retire a number, uh, you know, put Petrangelo in there as well. I don't know that it would happen, but I do know that you can definitely make a pretty strong case that, that maybe it, 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 it should happen. So, you know, the, the Blues are trading a really good player that has some really good hockey ahead of them, but it's just, it was just clear that either he wanted to move on or I don't know that the Blues were able to get a, be able to re-sign him. Uh, initially, and, and they got assets for him, and I think that was important. And Curbs, it's kind of a crazy question with the way that you laid it out, and you did so perfectly about the impact that Vladimir Tarasenko has had on this organization ever since getting drafted uh, way back in 2010. But when you look at a player who, at the very least, was disgruntled for a while and has been likely wanting to get out, is there any way that there is an actual benefit from having that guy out of the locker room right now, even though his talent leaves with him I, I i do think there is and and now i mean it's our it, it's a tough topic brad as you know when you think about that and i'm i'm sure you've probably experienced that situation you know over, over the course of your career but sometimes when guys do want out it becomes a distraction they become a little disgruntled there's frustration i think at times when you watch vladdy on the ice i think Sometimes his, his demeanor, uh, his, his bench demeanor, his things like that sometimes I think would frustrate some teammates. Uh, you can chalk it up to passion. You can chalk it up to care. You can chalk it up to whatever, you know. But, but I don't know that Vladimir Tarasenko was a player that made the other players around him better as much as he could have. Like if there's something – like if I look at Vladimir's time with the St. Louis Blues and think, okay – what, what would you want to see more? I, I, I think there was some stuff left on the table with him. I, I think he could have been even better for, you know, 
I think he could have been a perennial 40 goal scorer, you know, for a stretch in there. And, and, and so to me, are, are the Blues better without him? I, I don't know if, if chemistry wise, they might be. I, I know you're missing that, that game breaker, and I think every team needs that game breaker. But yeah, for, from a style of play standpoint, there are some aspects of this that I think actually do help the Blues. Talking to Chris Kerber, voice of the Blues, right here on the Blues Radio Network, 101 ESPN. Kerbs, what what now? What next? Because we know that Nico Mikula has been traded, Vladimir Tarasenko traded. Just in your opinion, the what, what do you what do you think Doug Armstrong's next next move is? Well, guys, you had five unrestricted free agents, and you just dealt two of them. Nico Mikula was one where I don't know what his value on the market would have been because he's never really stepped outside on a consistent basis of a bottom, you know, of, of a five, six role in the NHL. So that one will be an interesting one. Uh, you've got your other three now in Nola Chari, in Ryan O'Reilly, and Ivan Barbashev. And I think all three guys are going to garner interest and garner interest that are going to help you if you don't think you're going to re-sign them. And even if you do think you can re-sign them, and if you can find a way to at least gauge that interest and kind of do what Seattle did with Jaden Schwartz, know you got a deal done, draft somebody else kind of thing. Uh, to me, I, you know, I, I think that there's going to be packages that are going to really help this this hockey team. And look, does it mean that guys? I guess the biggest thing I could tell you is this, and, and here's a, here's a blunt reality: if in 0506 the Blues went to dead last in the league, but the cupboard was completely bare, you had to draft. You had to, coming out of that is when you started drafting the Aaron Johnsons, the David Backuses, the TJ Oshies, you know, and, and the, the Patrick Burglars, David Perrons, et cetera, that got you to where that's when you were making the trades and you're trading, you're trading Brian Elliott to Calgary and using a third round draft pick to take Jordan Bennington, right? You're trading David Perron to, to Edmonton and using a draft pick to get Ivan Barbashev and you're growing that guys that way. Okay. This time is very different with the blues missing the playoffs. It's even different than 17, 18 when they missed by just one point. You have some expiring contracts of 30-year-old players that I'm still a big believer, as you saw, might have seen a tweet recently from me, that about 30-year-old players are very effective and needed to win a Stanley Cup. But having said that, you still have Thomas, Cairo, Butchnevich, Shen, Saad, neighbors up front. Okay, plus some other prospects still coming in Snuggerud, Bolduc, you know, and some other draft picks. Defensively, your core is a lot intact. Whether that's a good thing or not, I guess that's left to be evaluated. But you still have a – you saw what Tucker could do. They're really high on what Kessel's been doing. And you've got a Stanley Cup champion goaltender who I still think is having a heck of a good year. So the cupboard's not bare. This is not – if you make the right moves right now, you still get assets that are going to help this organization for a while and, and down the road. But this is not a rebuild. This is clearly a retool situation. Now the key is making the right decisions because a couple wrong decisions on a retool could easily throw you into a rebuild. But the Blues are in a very much a very different situation right now in 22-23 in a little bit of a sell mode than they were in 05-06 to, say, 08-09. And Curbs, uh, Blues obviously back in action on the ice on uh, Saturday. They got a little unfinished business with Coyotes. They gave it to them there. Up-and-coming team, yeah, Brad. I know, I know. Uh, what do you want to see, Curbs, from this team from here on out? We know that there are already some changes. There may be more changes here in the future. What do you want to see from this group, though, from now to the rest of the season? Yeah, it's going to be an unsettling next few weeks without a doubt because even if you're not a 
an unrestricted free agent. doesn't mean that you can't get packaged in a deal. You know, as we remember when Brett Hull told us all that, you know, he had been told he was a lifer by some veteran players on the trade deadline day, the first one he ever experienced, and he walked in and they said, young man, you got traded. <laughs> so um, it's going to be an unsettling week. They're going to have to deal with that. And I think to me, where they deal with it the best is going to be on the ice, Brad, because that's that's where you're going to find your getaway. That's where you're not dealing with social media, questions from media, uh, friends and family texting you. It's kind of like your own It's your own zen time is actually during the games. What do we want to see? Just commitment to the style of play that it takes to be successful. Make the right decisions with the puck. I, 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 want, to see, I want to see some real development and growth and progress in Jordan Cairo continuing to make the right decisions with the puck, you know, both offensively and defensively. I want to see if, if a guy like Logan Thompson, or I'm sorry, Logan Brown, I want to see if a guy like Logan Brown gets his, gets his opportunity, you know, up the lineup and then what he does with it. I'm not talking – I don't think you just call up a bunch of young guys and play them and see what they can do. I don't think that's good for anybody's development. But if you've got some NHLers and you want to see if they can play up the lineup, now's an opportunity for guys like him. So that's – I'm looking forward to those types of situations right now and seeing how that plays out over the final 31 games. Curbs, good stuff. Looking forward to listening to you in a couple of days as the Blues – uh, begin their second half, and I'll uh, be done so without Vladimir Tarasenko. Should be interesting moving forward here. Curbs, have a great weekend. All right, fellas. Have an awesome time. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Talk that, to you later. Again, yeah. that's, uh, thank you, Curbs. That's Chris Kerber here on 101 ESPN. We do want to hear from you. We want to hear your reaction. Yeah, the trade in general. What do you think? And if you're ticked off, we want, we want to know. Because Brad and I are more in line with the thinking of, like, what else? What, what are we going to do? But I'm a pretty happy person, so, you know. Oh, why would you phrase it that way, Brad? I feel like that's very lead, like misleading. No, I don't think it was. I was just telling you. Like I'm, I'm more uh, of a positive outlook guy, anyways. You know what I mean? Does yeah. that, that not help at all? No. We want to hear from you though. Leave us a mic drop. Tax line is three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. If you're ticked off, if you're one of the people that are tweeting at like Jr. and other you know media outlets saying, "Wow, this is terrible. It's a terrible return. You got a fire army. Why? Why? Why do you think it's a terrible return?" Love to hear from you. Love we love varying opinions yes. here. The mic fast lane. Use it. Use it. One on one at ESPN Sports App. And the text line. That's good. Absolutely. And by the way, I, I've come to a realization. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna tell you what it is. Next. On one on one ESPN. Yeah, right here. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging beds. Baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Honestly, I'm pretty happy with the return. The fact that we got two picks, a prospect, and a player for Tarasenko and Mikola when Ryan O'Reilly was supposed to have the most value is very encouraging. I also am, you know, glad that Vladdy was a blue for as long as he was. You know, before last season when he requested that trade, he could have really came in and just been a cancer and a terrible teammate because he wanted to leave. But instead, he put the skates on and went to work with the boys and had a great season. And, you know, I'm always going to remember him for the way he was as a blue. All right, that was Matt. You know, it... Well, well said by Matt, because he did come back last year. Went to work with the boys. Didn't he, he did. Remember the first goal that he scored at Enterprise? And too? It was very emotional. Did he get the first star of the game? Comes out, everybody, Vladdy, Vladdy, Vladdy. You could see a tear in his eye. Oh yeah, as he said, Vladdy is home. Yeah, for a minute, you know, until he's not. Mm-hmm. Well, but I think that that's a good way to look at. But it. he did. He come to Matt's point. He came in, worked hard. Was not a distraction a year ago, and the Blues made, uh, you know, a good run until Nassim Kadri decided to be a big jerk bag about it. And you know what? Now Vladdy's new teammate, Jacob Truba, he took him out the other day. Comes full circle, Marsh. It really does. Life comes full circle. Brett! So you big uh, friends. Yeah, definitely. I know that you wanted to uh, make a point about well, a realization no. you had. Oh, so yeah, I will I will get to the realization first. And then we want to get into a bunch of these texts because we're getting a ton of them to the uh, Air Comfort Service text line. And by the way, I was just thinking about this uh, as well. You know, whenever I leave, like, uh, well, I, I leave a lot now, but when I would leave on vacation or something, something big Cardinals would happen. Yes. Inevitably. Unfortunately, it was often a death two deaths okay yeah. that of hall of famers happens mm-hmm. i was gone so were they so uh but jamie he's gone this week mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> here we go Tarasenko gets traded <laughs> uh, so that's interesting no the the uh realization that i came to a little bit ago and i, I could be wrong um, but i i feel like i feel like i'm right here as as i've gone through a lot of evidence. Mm-hmm. You know, on Twitter, I mean, you're on Twitter, Anthony. Yeah. You're there all the time. Tell the people your Twitter handle. Oh, at Anthony Stalter. That's right. It's pretty easy. At Stalty Pants. So, um, <laughs> I'll change it. Uh, break. <laughs> so, there are there are troll accounts everywhere. They're like just, you know, these, these fake accounts. They just troll all the time. Mm-hmm. I believe that we have troll text to the Air Comfort Service text line. Like, that, that's your entire persona's troll text. And I think that we've mislabeled one as uh, uh, like a, a real texter and that's the 6-1 hate the 6-1 hate can't be a real person he can't like i've gone through and like looked a real, at some of this stuff like a real person in that well, he's like a not real person like but like that's not them 
Like the person that's texting they're, this, they're playing like the heel. Yes, let's. They're playing the. Let's see if I can get Brad to say the f word on air. Okay, like that's the game <laughs> yeah. they're playing. So it's kind of a fun. I'm game pretty sure for them because as we were breaking down the trade and we were talking about uh, some of the return that happened in the deal for Vladimir Tarasenko, and as you know, Sammy Blay, he's coming back along with a prospect, Anthony, by the name of Hunter Skinner. Mm-hmm. Hunter Skinner's coming back, and I told you I'd sit front row. At a Hunter Skinner concert. Hunter Skinner. We get a text from the 618. It says, probably dumbass country. Country music sucks. You tell me that's not a troll account. Any, anything that you talk about, he can spin into a negative. You're going to tell me that's not a troll account. That's a troll. And in, at an epic level, by the way, 618. Like, I, I appreciate what you've put into it. By the way, we got another text from him right under. It says, you love the text line to make fun of the actual fans, assuming you, over the fake rah-rah fans. That's a troll account, am I right? Yeah, um, I mean, I could go on. So we have a we have a troll troller text game, and the, and troll doesn't necessarily mean that all they're doing is trolling. It could be kind of a fun troll, like like a sarcastic, mm. you know, witty troll. It's not just straight hatred of troll. Um, the only thing I'll say on this in this specific uh, example, yes, he's very consistent. Oh yeah, for sure, he's very consistent. Anybody that's trying to sell something is going to be consistent, Anthony. Like, you just can't believe that anybody's like that all the time. He just wants us to hold Mo and the Cardinals accountable. I don't even think that's Mo accountable guy. You well, don't? he does. I mean, he hates, yeah, he hates your stance on a lot of things. Sure. Mine as well. Uh, but we did get a text that said, then stop talking about him. No, because he's taking the time. <laughs> he's taking the time to text into the show with nothing but negativity. Well, some, I, I, I think sometimes, too, listeners don't believe don't believe us when we say we get we get these these texts and these tweets and i think that kind of getting behind the, the the curtain here it just provides you a nice a, a exact a exact example of what we're talking about yeah. but with this person i actually do believe he he believes what he's saying now like the whole passionate thing where i'm a real fan right you don't like you don't like us not saying anything but fire mo that's just the reality. Well, actually, that's funny you say that. We get a text from the 314. Uh, Anthony, this one's for you. Sure. And this is in regards to your Twitter, mm-hmm. just in general. Said, so why would we follow a guy that can't hold Mo accountable? That's a good question. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of those. Yeah. That one is fully in snark because the text right above it says bt told me to keep bringing the snark so here it is <laughs> which no, I, but I i think i what here's here's my here's my take on this doing look bt you've been uh in radio for a while doing some tv too I, i've done radio for a while now when somebody is consistent when they don't like you know us i in my opinion it's you don't like my opinion no, you, I think a lot you're of on the other like side. You. Oh, okay. Uh, well, for BT, when I, no, no, no. I, and when I say that, I meant for all of us, Anthony. It wasn't like that. Felt pointed, didn't it? it was <laughs> well, like, the, the you kind of did it, and the fact that I pointed. But yeah, no, no, no. I, I think it's you. Like I feel like like people don't like you. me. Yeah, well, all of us. Like the like the overarching. See, it doesn't you. feel that way when you. Like I know. You, I know, I hear what you're saying. The I second, know. the second part, but the first one is very it's kind of the problem with you. Yeah. <laughs> Now, me or you as the word? You. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I have my uh, submission for the text of the day, early text of the day uh, from the 636. 618, more like 61, not great. Okay. That's, uh, right. that's, yeah, that's, mine. that's solid. Okay. <laughs> Anthony, our fans, I, the, the fans of this show, that you listen and you listen to stuff for forever.
How about this one, Anthony? The text says, they hate us hate us because they ain't us. Yes. <laughs> that was That's a fan. That was from two or three years ago at least yeah. with Miles oh, Michaelis Michael. on the show as we were trying to help him name his boat. Mm-hmm. And that was Anthony's submission. Yeah, you hate me because you ain't me. Miles did not like that one. He didn't at all. And then he got hurt. What was that? And then he was out for a while. All right, back to well, maybe we don't have time to get back to, but the the text line is honestly very, and I'm sure again, keep your mic drops coming in all day long. Want reaction from you out of the Tarasenko trade? Do do you like it? Do you hate it? What would you do next at this point? Whatever your take is when it comes to the Blues, want to hear from you. But the text line seems to be very, very split Mm -hmm. right now. You have a lot of people that said, "Hey, I like the deal." Uh, the situation that they were in, you you weren't going to be able to get get much out of them, and others say they got fleeced. Army absolutely blew it. Like, it's it really is crazy. Like how you have your different polar opposite views right. of the deal that went down. All right, so uh, something surprises me about this. We'll get into that next in the Fast Lane on One Hundred and One ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. That's the first ball to roll. Let's go. I want three first-round picks. I want to get one for Tarasenko, one for Barbie, one for O'Reilly. This draft is deep. Let's go, baby. Let's tank. Let's lose hard for Bedard. Get in that lotto. We might might get lucky. Who knows? This draft is deep. Get as many picks as you can. Keep it up, Army. Let's go. All right, that was Chuck. Using BTs, that's Brad Thompson's suck hard for Bedard. He didn't go with suck hard, but it worked. It Either did. Way, it still we worked. We knew what he wanted. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be hard to get the Reginian, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Connor Bedard. Often is. You know, the, the thing the thing that's throwing me off a little Man, bit about please. Bedard, okay, is uh, is what Jamie was talking about the other day. So, he just thought, hey, a little undersized, Anthony. It worries me a tiny bit. So, that's why I think uh, playing... Silly for Fantilli might work. Adam Fantilli out of Michigan, a little bit bigger, 6'2", still going to fill out a little is he bit. A Detroit kid or is he a, a UP kid? Uh, he's uh, he's a kid, man. He's from Canada. He's at Michigan. Yeah, he's at Michigan. He plays at Michigan. He's oh. from Canada. You know, they let kids go to school. In, in the countries. U.S.? That makes yeah. sense. No, okay. That is yeah. the thing. I'll look into that. You want Leo Carlson? Sure. Anthony? Where is he from? Well, Leo is from Sweden. Well, actually, he's playing in Sweden. Mm-hmm. He's uh, really from. No, he's from Sweden. That's where it is. He's playing on a different team. Give me the Canadian kid that's at uh, UM. I'll take him. You want him? Fantilli? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's fine. There you go. What we're saying is uh, there are some options here in the draft. And this is not the conversation that anybody expected us to have about the Blues, is it? Anthony? No, no, it isn't. But there was something that you said you didn't. I was Understand. surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised by. I'm surprised, surprised by this. By. You had said there's there's like this there's people that don't like you. Well, no, I'm when you're in this job. I I get that. Yeah, I get that for sure. That first part too. When you talk about there being a, a major split, 
I I'm surprised by this. I'm surprised that people are are, are that you? ticked off. Are you surprised that there's a major split on any conversation that is ever thrown out? There? I shouldn't be, Brad. Who's the like, goat in basketball? Is there going to be a major split? Chances are. How's Mo doing? You know, I got a feeling that was going to lean one way more so than the other, but there might be some sort of a split. That yeah, looks but what? Do, say, oh, they win a lot. What were you going to do? The the end was near on Vladimir Tarasenko. You get the more, end. Anthony. That's so what, what you do. What does that mean? Yeah. You get more. They got fleeced. How? Exactly. How did he let this happen? You're not answering any of my questions. I not one of them. I have to. This is like the text line. or This is like Twitter. This is my problem. <laughs> you know, we get, the one, we get the one tweet or text from the 618 saying, you guys just don't like passionate fans. I do. That's, that's not it at all. Love them. You never explain yourself. Ever. You never explain yourself. So, so what are you so what are you upset about? Because Vladimir Tarasenko was going to hit the open market and you were going to get nothing in return. So maybe you understand that aspect of it. You fall more in line with Armstrong didn't get enough. All we heard for the last week was that the Blues were likely to get a first round pick and a prospect for Vladimir Tarasenko. They got that, they got both of those things, plus a conditional fourth round, fourth round selection that could be a third. And Sammy Bly. So they got more than what the reports were saying that they would get. So just help me out here. I'm so, being serious. I'm being genuine. What what were people upset about when it comes to this Vladimir Tarasenko deal? Well, that's where you come in on the mic drop on the 101 ESPN app. Brad, I How don't need feeling? to leave a mic drop. This is my mic drop. No, right no, no here. not you. Anthony, I just left mine. Again, like everything you think is like me, me, me. When I say you, I mean like a broader you. Uh. Like you, the listener, especially right now. That's where we want to hear from you. Anthony, what grade would you give this trade? The only reason I'm asking you that is some grades are already in at the athletic and i can mm-hmm. tell you what some different people around the league have graded this trade a for it absolutely needed to happen okay is is that your letter grade yeah all right so the trade again the rangers get vladimir tarasenko the blues are retaining 50 percent of tarasenko's salary it's a big thing to throw in there but for the remainder of the year right but the remaining portion of the fifty percent of it—that's damn near half, Anthony. If you really, but think you're about not going to use anything. You're not. It's not like you're going to sign somebody right now. It's not like free agency is. Hey, uh, you get a jump start on free agent. It doesn't work that way. Well, it, but it does work the way that if you make a trade, you could bring in somebody that has salary and potentially some sure. remaining years. But yeah. you are you dropping Nikola's salary too. So, so just uh, so that's there. Sammy Blay comes back, defenseman Hunter Skinner, uh, conditional 2023 first-round pick, and as you mentioned, conditional 2024 fourth-round pick. I won't get into the all of the breakdown at The Athletic. I'm going to go let you read all of that, but I will give you some of the grades. Uh, the first grade comes in from... Their name's uh, Shayna Goldman. So Shayna Goldman over at The Athletic. Oh, Goldie. Yep, old Goldie. Goldie gives the Rangers for this deal. They get an A-. minus. Okay. An A minus for the deal. The Blues, the Blues, they get a B minus. Okay. That's passing, Anthony. I mean, that's a good grade. If you got B minuses, you wouldn't have to change your report card. I mean, that, there's a lot of truth to that. I know there is. The next grade comes from Sean Gentile uh, at the Athletic. Oh, he gee. gives the Rangers. You know, Sean might have been just sitting pretty close to Goldie because he gives the Rangers an A minus and the Blues a B minus. He so was, Sean he was over peeking at over at Goldie's, yeah. Goldie's uh, material. Corey Pronman at The Athletic, he Pronin. gives the Rangers a B. Okay. And he gives the Blues a D- B. Was that a Stalter? Yeah. D to a B? Yeah. 
It was. No, so, he gave him a B. Okay. Gave him a B. So a lot of people are looking at this and saying the Rangers, or when I say a lot, two of the three have looked at this and say the Rangers have won this deal. You know why? Because the, the Rangers player. got the best player. Yes. Right. Yes. For the right here, for the right now, for what the Rangers want, you get him with Panarin, you got the best player. Mm-hmm. You knew, the Blues knew they were not going to be able to keep that best player. Right. They were going to have to get something in return to a place that he was going to go to. It only ends up making sense that you end up making this deal. We'll continue to talk about the Vladimir Tarasenko deal. Plus, we have Doug Armstrong's press conference. We'll carry live at 4 o'clock. So again, 4 o'clock. We got, we'll move the gauntlet back. We have a, a, a returning gauntlet contestant, so I think we'll, we'll try to aim for like 4.15 for the gauntlet. But Doug Armstrong live at 4 o'clock as he gives his press conference to talk about the Vladimir Tarasenko deal. Again, we'll continue to talk about it. We'll continue to take your reaction here on 101 ESPN. We do have What's Trending next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. You've come to the right place. You're in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now, brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Brad Thompson, I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. A huge trade today, guys. Yeah. We started off the show talking about it, but then we got into a different trade, hmm. which included Vladimir Tarasenko. I want to go back to the Kevin Durant trade and just talk about how big of a trade that was for the NBA, and uh, does this help KD's legacy if he can pull it off? With Phoenix, if he could pull it off, absolutely yeah, of it does. Yeah. The the thing is with Kevin Durant, like I I feel like it's this it seems unfair to say about a player who is an obvious Hall of Fame talent and he's one of the best players in the league. And as we were having the conversation about LeBron yesterday, that some people liked and some didn't. Again, 50-50, Anthony. We get this a lot. Um, but ninety ten. LeBron, like I, I didn't even though he's now the scoring champion. My first thought isn't, uh, oh, prolific scorer. Like, I just, he's all around really good player. When I think Durant, I think prolific scorer. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I think that he is. Now, the thing with, with Durant, I'm pretty sure that we've learned everywhere he's been, he's, he's not Batman. He's Robin. Like, not to say he doesn't have the talent, he can't save the day, yeah. but he needs, like, somebody there that is going to be the rock. That's going to be Chris Paul. Like, Chris Paul is going to be the rock. He'll be the assassin that comes in. Devin Booker is there. They've got the, they've got really good, good pieces that are around. Now, certainly, uh, when you make a deal like that, pieces are going to go out the door. That's going to hurt you a little bit as well. But they've got a good nucleus. But it comes down to, like, do you do you win where you go? That's what your legacy is all about. And I don't even know how much help his legacy needs. Again, he's a Hall of Famer for sure. Right. Retires tomorrow, he's a Hall of Famer. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he they, they did that deal to Brooklyn. It didn't work out for any of them. They all end up hating each other, basically. And now you find yourself a fresh start. Well, that was the thing, right, with Kevin Durant. He was going to go to Brooklyn because he was going to be the – He w- this was his kind of he version. He followed Kyrie there, didn't he? No, he went in a sign-and-trade, and on the same day they signed Kyrie. So, may- well, maybe ipso facto they kind of did. I thought he really wanted to go to the Knicks. 
and I thought that it was Kyrie that kind of talked him into going into to go, Brooklyn. Going to Brooklyn. Well, who cares? Either way, it doesn't matter. Either way, this was supposed to be kind of KD's time to say, hey, I can win outside of Golden State. I don't need I don't need the Warriors. I can kind of do my own thing. And it it blew up in a spectacular fashion. You, saw, you do the sign-in trade for KD. You sign Kyrie. Eventually, I think it was 2021 when they brought in James Harden. Well, then they traded him for Ben Simmons, took on his contract, and Ben Simmons, I mean, fine defensively, obviously, can't shoot, doesn't really play the fourth quarter, doesn't hustle. Then you trade KD, and obviously you trade you, you trade Kyrie. That was a disaster. I mean, they should have won titles. I don't think they won more than... I think the, the, only other, the only time they got out of the first round was in 2021. So instead of winning multiple titles, you, you barely won multiple playoff series. So I think that that was just that was just a, a disaster. Maybe we'll get into this whether that's t today or tomorrow. This also is another indication of spending will appease the fan base, make you feel good. Doesn't necessarily equate to winning. Well, there's so many things too, Anthony, that just look good on paper. Because you rattled off all those names, all the guys that ended up in Brooklyn and Kyrie and Durant and Ben Simmons, even though he was an ish show in Philly. Yeah. Figure, okay, well maybe this ends up working. James Harden. That's really freaking good on paper. Like, right. that's how I do. Anthony, this is when I actually do do my own draft in a fantasy football league and I maintain it. Mm -hmm. um, I draft names and it's like, boy, I, I remember that guy being good. It was years ago <laughs> that he was good. Like, uh, like five years after his prime, I was drafting Dwayne Bow. Like, sure, like yeah. this was, this that's a, a former first year. rounder. That's a big year. Yeah, didn't Wayne he? Had a big year. And then I'm the one that's surprised at the end of it that <laughs> these things are not working out for me. It's a little bit harder to build a team than it might look like from the surface. Mm -hmm. But th there are some shots that are worth taking. The the uh, Suns the Suns are under new ownership this week. I think that they might have taken over two days ago, Anthony, and then they swing a trade oh, that could moves. totally change their franchise's future. And that's doing it. Yeah. All while the Cardinals front office sitting on their hands, Marsh, just sitting on their hands. Unbelievable. You're reading a text, are you? <laughs> Anthony, you're a big fan of uh, Russell Wilson, right? Nope. Well, anyways. Russell Wilson, according to Jake Shapiro, he is a Denver sports analyst who uh, writes for denversports.com. Uh, an investigation has found that quarterback Russell Wilson, that his foundation has just spent 24.3 cents of every dollar on charitable activities in 2020 and 2021 combined. The foundation has raised millions, uh, but only a quarter of it has gone to charity. So I, I, Anthony, no. I don't know how big charities work, okay? Because there's a lot of overhead. Like, there's a lot that has to go into it yeah. when you're doing it. Um, and I don't know the, like, the best charities that are out there, how much of a percentage goes. But it feels like more than a quarter of every dollar should probably be going I to would... where... Like, if I donate to something, I want to think that most of that is going to where it should go. Yeah. Not just the overall logistics of it. But get, real quick, if you do run a company or, or, or a charity, let me know. Let me know. Send us a text, the Air Comfort Service text line, line 314-399-9646. Like, what is the normal amount of money coming in? Yeah, you gotta pay your employee. You gotta pay employees. Yes. Yeah, there's over. Even though it's not it's a nonprofit, you gotta play you gotta you need pay people your, to work for you. Absolutely. You need supplies. So that that makes sense. That does seem low. I will say this just because it's his charity doesn't mean that he had anything to do with 
that that business side of it. I, I would assume that Russell Wilson hires people, and maybe he hired the wrong people, but he or his management team hired the people to run his charity. So whatever they're doing, hopefully he, he takes enough time to look into it, but let's not just assume that Russell Wilson had, had any sort of illegal doings here. I heard he pocketed the money. That's the thing. That ends Needed up being more parking the spots or maybe. Yeah. And know that I am kidding. <laughs> no, well, the, only, said. the only money he's stealing is from the Broncos. Okay, let's just let's well be said. clear wow. on that. Don't wow him. He's right. Wow. No, I I mean, how can you disagree? Put the money with in the bag. That's how that. <laughs> that's how that conversation went. He shows up looking like the hamburger yeah. on the first and the fifteenth. <laughs> oh man! You Who can, is that? Put the money in the bag. <laughs> He's got a TikTok. Bronco of, country, let's ride. <laughs> Damn it! That oh, was Russ. <laughs> he has a TikTok of him like practicing stealing the money. Yes. And then he finally goes out and does it, but he does it wrong. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, guys, you see that John Wall, uh, who used to play for the Houston Rockets, uh, he's back on the Rockets after uh, being traded from the Clippers. He was on the Run Your Race podcast a while back, and basically he had this long, you know, uh, obviously interview and, and whatnot, but basically said that uh, that the Houston Rockets were trash. They're a trash organization. Welcome did not, back. Yeah, now he's back on the team. That's difficult when that happens, right? Do you think the Rockets are trolling them? Like somebody with somebody within Houston's front office is like, let's just do this to, to, to blank with people. It's like, hey, guys, let's be honest, okay? As an organization right now, we are trash. So let's just pick them up. Let's see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I like the idea. I like it a lot. Here's, here's something, a reminder to everybody out there, whatever your industry is, okay? Don't burn bridges. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. You never know who you might need at some point. You never know who you might be teammates with again or in a different company with. Don't burn bridges on the, even if you could, even if you could burn the whole place down if you wanted to. Office space. It's arson. Yeah, it is. Arson judge. Mm-hmm. Arson judge. Giant. That's outfit. right. <laughs> That's right. John Heyman. They spend money. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just a good good little lesson. Don't do it. Because you might yeah. just end up being back with those people. Be good Be good to people on the way up because you might be going down at some point and those same people are going up. That's right. That's right. You meet the same people, Anthony, mm-hmm. don't you? Yep. We, uh, we got a text from the uh, 636. Unlimited access to his charity funds. Yep. <laughs> He's got an ATM card and everything. <laughs> Another one that says maybe that other 76% was intercepted. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's a text of the day. All right, it's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Back to the Vladimir Tarasenko news. He's traded. What's your reaction? Uh, I I had said that I was surprised that there was a a, kind of a big split and people are upset. I want to, BT and I both want to hear from you. Why why are you upset? If you feel like Doug Armstrong got fleeced, what, what else was out there? That you know of that, you know, he left on the table. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Hey guys, I think this is a great trade for Vladdy. I think Army got what he could uh, for a guy who's expiring on a UFA deal and you're probably not going to resign him. Plus, remember too, with doing it early, Army could have set the market now for Ryan O'Reilly, which I believe he can get more for. All right, that was Chris. Thanks for the mic drop, Chris. I agree on that first part. It, it, Doug Armstrong did what he had to do. I don't think anybody's really kind of – correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anybody's disputing the fact that he's that he needed to trade Tarasenko, right, BT? It's, oh, no, no, no. That the, was definitely going to happen. The, I believe that ship of the you-might-sign-him-back sailed a couple of years ago. The pushback is the compensation. Now, I said I, ship, right? You did, absolutely. Yeah. I wasn't surprised at all by what what came back. I was actually more surprised the fact that they got Sammy Belay in that, in that deal. I thought first-rounder prospect. That's all we heard. And as it turns out, as a first-rounder, as a fourth-rounder, that could turn into a third if the Rangers make the playoffs, Sammy Blay and uh, Hunter Skinner. Uh, Hunter Skinner. So oh, I hope he turns into something, Anthony. Me too. And I don't know if he's good at all. I'll be totally honest with you. No clue. But you're rooting for him. Of course I'm rooting for him. Rooting for the name. On the front of the jersey, it's the blue. He's of blue course. now. Yeah. So rooting for that. We looked him up on Google. Yep. He looks like he's 13. Yeah, but maybe that was an old picture. You know what maybe. I mean? Maybe. Yeah. You never know. Could have been. I disagree though with Chris, and maybe maybe I'm lacking vision on this, but I disagree with Chris from the standpoint of now this resets the Ryan O'Reilly market or or sets the Ryan O'Reilly market. If I'm using Chris's words exactly. The, the the issue with Ryan O'Reilly is obvious. He's he's hurt. So theoretically, could Doug Armstrong get more for Ryan O'Reilly in a deal than he just got for Vladimir Tarasenko? Yes, theoretically. Yeah. His is but, the one that makes sense to wait on. Like to think that the Ryan O'Reilly news is going to happen today or tomorrow. No. no. Why would it? Why If you were a team, wouldn't you wait until exactly. he is full on hockey activities back in the flow and then you'll have a closer glimpse of what you are as a team and what right. you're missing? Because I'll tell you right now, if I'm a team that I believe has a chance to go win a Stanley Cup and I, I'm just a, I'm a piece off and a piece that has the type of leadership abilities and the skill set that he has – I'm willing to give up a little bit more at the trade deadline to get that guy, sure. but I need to know that I'm going to have him down the stretch. Yeah, you can't only look at the upside of a deal. You can't say, well, if we acquire this guy, now we've got the missing piece. That may be the case, but I think any any good team is going to look at it and say, what is the downside? What's the worst that can happen? And if you, if you were to acquire Ryan O'Reilly and give up more than the Blues or the Rangers gave up for Vladimir Tarasenko – and he's not completely completely healthy. The downside is you, you, you just gave up compensation for nothing because yeah. he's he's a rental as well. Now what I hope happens is that Ryan O'Reilly is skating, you know, fairly soon here. We see him back and he is dealt, but then the blues resign him this this offseason. The old Eraldus Chapman move. Ah, uh, that worked out pretty well too, didn't it? It certainly did. He, he gave got he, paid. You got Glabar Torres from the Cubs for Chapman it's and then brought him back in the offseason. You got him back in the offseason. <laughs> Tell Ryan O'Reilly, hey, we know you want to be here. We want you here as well. But we're not going anywhere. So why don't you go go to a contender? We'll get some compensation for it. And we'll continue to have the conversations in the offseason about contract. One of the things that continues to pop up on the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. If you don't know the new number yet, there it is. Um, is people are, are really hung up on the Blues eating 50% of the salary 
of Vladimir Tarasenko. And as you mentioned, it's not 50% of the $7.5 million. It's 50% of what is remaining this year. But the thought is that there should have been more in return if you're going to eat that part of the salary. The way that I look at it is, I think that's what got you the first-round pick is ending up eating some of that salary. This is a very simplistic way to look at it. Did you just try to say something not snarky right there? I just saw yeah. your face. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Very I, simplistic way to look at it. Go ahead. That's exactly what it cost to get that exact trade. That's exactly what it cost. It cost you Vladimir Tarasenko a fifth, if, taking uh, taking back 50% of his contract or what's remaining of that contract and Nico Mikula. Those that's that that's what the parameter was. Well, that's what this text said. He said you gave up Mikolo Mikolo two. You didn't get all that just for Vladdy. But I think that the Mikolo is probably like there's there's your fourth round pick, conditional fourth. But you see what I'm saying? This is exact. This this is how the this is how the trade went down. So that was the price. The price to get a first rounder, a four a conditional fourth, Sammy Blay, and Hunter Skinner, was. Vladimir Tarasenko, 50% of the what's remaining on the deal, and, and Nico yeah. Mikula. We the Rangers t- needed the money. We could talk until we're blue in the face about how, well, you sh- then, then you shouldn't give up the 50%, but that's the exact price that was that the Blues needed to pay to get to get this, this trade package. There's a chance that if the Rangers don't make this move, he doesn't get dealt at all. Right. You, know, you got Timo Meyer out there that, that the Hurricanes might be looking at, that the Rangers I saw you know were tied to. Who's to say that... Any of these teams don't go out, they get somebody else. And on the other side, you have Vladimir Tarasenko, who had the power in his hands to sign off on a trade. You do whatever you can. Okay, yeah, you're retaining 50%. Well, you could have been retaining the entire thing if you you don't move them. Marshy, what do you think about this? I mean, you're our Blues insider now that Jamie's gone. Yeah. Why is nobody talking about Mikola, the the Mikola part of this? That's why I'm upset. We have zero size at all on our blue line, and you just let him go. Yeah, he's a UFA. I think there's, I don't know. Well, there's a there's a bunch of defensemen in the organization right now. You have a guy like Tyler Tucker, who now has shown that he can play at the NHL level with a little bit of grit. So maybe they want to give him an extended look. Uh, because they had to send him down because of injuries and guys coming back. So uh, maybe he gets an extended look, and maybe Doug Armstrong thinks that he profiles like Nico Mikola, and that's the reason. Well, for, Plus, yeah, Mikola being a UFA. Too. Well, I was going to say, too, Anthony, what what are your expectations for this team the rest of the year? Do you think that size on the blue line, is that, are you, is that what you're really going to be missing this year? Yeah, you've had that size. How's it looking? Not great. Not great. For what it's worth, and Jamie probably beat my face in for saying this. He's not this. here. He's in Mexico. Uh, Prison. Maybe. Well, it's well, in we, play. Tell I, me it's not in play. It is in play, but yeah. let's not. I mean, no, it's definitely in play. Jamie, for what it's worth, and he, he, I'm just, I'm just sharing this. When Jamie breaks, breaks down like the Blues play for us in the office and he's talking about certain players, I haven't heard a lot of positive things about Mikula out of Jamie. Mm. I mean, and he's being fair. Yeah. He's talking about his play, his performance. But March, you get that sense when he was yeah. when he's been breaking down. You know, because he's talked about like the defense and how many times guys are out of position and you know things that are not happening in front of Jordan Bennington. I feel like Nico Mikula again. Take it for what it's worth. Is one of the players that Jamie often highlights in a negative way with I, us. I think he's regressed for sure. I think you're being nice. We'll put it. We'll put it uh, 
Very simple, Anthony. Mm-hmm. He's regressed. Well, we'll put my... it even simpler because that's what the text line does for us. From the three, uh, 314 says, Mikola suck. That's why. There we go. <laughs> I didn't say it. No, I'm I think just we reading it. it. Yeah. The text line says. Yeah. But why do we beat around the bush, you know, when you're really just trying to get in there? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. uh, he's been. What'd you say? Uh, I was talking about the, the mm, bush. Sure. From the 314, how about Jamie's pictures from Mexico and him in that Speedo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rocking it. Yeah. He's really doing it. Jamie don't care. No. Yeah. He's like a honey badger. He don't give a No. He don't care. He's going to go right into <laughs> He's going to get that honey. <laughs> you know? In the eye of the tiger. Yeah. He doesn't care how many times he gets stung. All right. It's a fast sign on 101 ESPN. We'll continue to take your Vladimir Tarasenko reactions if you've got thoughts. The other thing we really haven't done yet is get into we got into it with Kerber but what's next now we talked a little bit about Ryan O'Reilly but there's some other pieces on this Blues roster that could that could be dealt before the deadline too that's next on 101 ESPN we're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN I mean, I think it was a good trade overall. Obviously, he was going to be leaving. Mikola was probably going to be leaving. It's a good move as far as getting the draft picks, the prospect. Honestly, I'm happy we have Blay back. I like his style. I like his little grit. Big guy. If he can stay healthy, I like that. It's no hard feelings towards Vladdy. I loved everything that he's brought. A lot of excitement, a cup. So I just think overall it was the right thing to do, and I think, honestly, Armstrong did a good job here. That was UPS guy. If you want to leave us a mic drop, you might be thinking like, oh, well, you guys are only playing the positive Doug Armstrong ones. Leave us a mic drop. We're looking forward to the other side, too. But for me, BT, I'm, I'm with what UPS guy just said. I, I think that when you look at this deal for Vladimir Tarasenko, understanding what the parameters were going into the deal, such as he's got a no-trade clause, so there's, you were going to be limited in teams who you were going to talk to, that list grows even fewer when you're talking about contenders that have enough either draft capital or cap space to add Vladimir Tarasenko. And the the fact that you're, you know, you're talking about a rental. So I thought that Doug Armstrong did what he had to do, and I think that he got more of a return than, you know, Kevin Shattenkirk. Marsh, well, you and I were talking about before. Anthony, I guess we're just not going to hold this organization accountable, are we? And that is something that you don't do very well because we all know that the Blues should have traded him in that deal there and go. got exactly okay. what they got back. I was wondering where you're going. I'm glad that's over with. It's done. By the way, it was a good moment, right? Like, Vladdy had very good years for you. Very good. You heard Curbs bringing down some of the numbers. He was, uh, you know, fifth in goals. I think he's like seventh in assists, something like that. Like, yeah, he, he was really good blue, a Blues Hall of Famer. But everything comes to an end at some point, and it came to an Blame end wife. for Vladdy. Yeah, of course. Of course, only when I'm on vacation, usually for important people. But yes, mm-hmm. yes, Anthony. So who's next? We talked a little bit about Ryan O'Reilly, but we don't know. We don't know if he's going to be I, healthy. Well, I don't think that he's next due to the fact that we, like we were just talking about, if you're going to trade Ryan O'Reilly, and more specifically, if you're a team that's going to make a trade for Ryan O'Reilly, I need to know that he is back mm-hmm. and he's healthy instead of reports are good, he'll be fine. 
I'm not sure if I'm giving up assets. And certainly, I plan on, if I'm the Blues and I'm Doug Armstrong, and it's not like he's going to tell us at 4 o'clock today. By the way, we will be taking his press conference live at 4 o'clock today, so keep it here. Uh, but he's not going to say, oh, yeah, no, no, this is what we expect to get for Ryan O'Reilly. But that's what you got for uh, for Vladdy, and you certainly had another piece in Mikola. But I, I would think that the return is going to be higher for him if, in fact, he's healthy. So the next big one to look at, I think that most teams, Anthony, would probably be interested in is probably Barbashev, I right? Agree. I agree. So when you when when Jr. did cut the breakdown of Vladimir Tarasenko and 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 fitting him with the Rangers, Jr. and the Rangers writer from the Athletic talked about other interested players that the Blues have that the, the Rangers could be, you know, uh, interested in. And Ivan Barbashev's name came up. And the Rangers writer even said Barbashev might might make more sense than Vladimir Tarasenko. Now I don't I don't think that Barbashev is going to New York now, but if the if if he believes that and he believes the Rangers could be interested in him, then other contenders are going to be interested in him. And if the if the Blues aren't interested in re signing Barbashev, well then you're in a same, you're in a similar spot. You, you trade them, you see what you get, yeah. you, you you acquire either prospects or draft capital, and you go from there. Yeah, uh, JR had this in his piece the other day as he did his tears uh, again, Anthony, of mm-hmm. the trades. And this is it's not sadness tears. This is levels no, of No, I trades. got that now. Yeah. Well, Thank I just you, wanted to though. make sure that you knew that. And Vladimir Tarasenko was the uh, tier of it's inevitable. Uh, but then the likely gone or possibly signed was Ivan Barbashev and he had in this he said there was a report over the weekend that the Blues had informed Barbashev that he won't be re-signed and he will be traded before the deadline but Barbashev agent Dan Milstein put out a tweet saying that that information was inaccurate there's a lot of interest though in Barbashev so a trade still seems likely so I mean right now like we were talking about with whether it's O'Reilly, whoever, there, there's no reason you can't trade away the guy and then bring him back. Like, right. is that, does that mean if, if you bring him back that you got to pay more to bring him back? Not necessarily. He's probably going to want to test the market anyhow instead of uh, looking for a multi-year deal at this point and an extension. When you have a chance to see what everybody else is going to give you, you might as well go find out. Get assets for it and actually build a better team for next year, not specifically next year. If you're getting these picks, it's going to be down the line. But you got to re- be able to rebuild the cover, rebuild the organization. You know, one of the other things, too, that we have to keep in mind here is that just because the Blues got... Oh, you all right over there? No, I'm okay. All just right. moved a little bit. You know, these mics are a little creaky. I thought that was your knee or something. No. Your shoulder. One of the, the other thing that we have to keep in mind here is that just because the Blues acquired a first-round pick and a conditional fourth for Vladimir Tarasenko, and let's say they get something for Ivan Barbashev, whatever that draft, draft compensation is... We're talking about we're talking about chips. We're not talking about players. We're talking about assets from a, from a draft standpoint, or in the case of Skinner, we're talking about prospect. These are chips. You have something that you you can acquire. You know, you you could package these these draft picks, move up in the in the draft. Maybe maybe use these to uh, acquire something an a, a player in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I don't think we should just be looking at it as well. They only got a first round pick. They only got a fourth. No, they got they got capital that they can use down the road. It's not necessarily well. The Rangers gave you their 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 worst pick. They should have given you the higher pick. It's still a trade chip that you can use to get something that may benefit you 
right now or in the offseason in the case for the Blues. Can you use all these picks and then trade up in the draft for suck hard for Bedard? Can I'm you do sure. that in the NHL? Yeah, I'm sure. Well, you have to be in the lottery still, though. So there's nothing guaranteed. Well, you got this some work to do then. This isn't like the uh, well. Look, they're I mean, honestly they're if, there. If you're the Blues, don't change anything. Uh, personnel wise, you're changing. Keep playing like you're playing. Yeah. And you're going to mm-hmm. find yourself in a really good draft position. Mm-hmm. It's like the movie Major League, Anthony. Except for the ending in Major League was a little bit different. I know that you uh, you like Major League Two a little bit better. Are you talking about the documentaries? Sure. Yeah. Yes, I am. Uh, you were a fan of the second documentary, and you're the the only person I've ever heard that likes the second one better. But it doesn't matter. You didn't actually hear that. I quote it, as do you. You Never. You, you quoted it yesterday, in fact. Don't think I did. You, yes, you did with Dorn. Doubt it. Mm-mm. This guy used to pitch you inside, right, Dorn? Grab a bat. Get up there. First major league. That was the second one. That was number one. Continue. My contract clearly states that I don't have to do any unnecessary calisthenics. <laughs> um, no, but but the the idea of they put together a team that they just these guys are going to try. Of course they were going to try, but they were going to lose inevitably. Right. Until they all came together, starting to come together, <laughs> starting <laughs> to come together. <laughs> but but I'm, probably not going to happen. On yeah, this. That's what I'm wondering. Like I'm wondering if this starting to come together thing happens. As, as we were talking to Curbs a, a little bit uh, earlier, like you want to see young players take step forward. You want to see young guys down the stretch realizing that there's going to be more time for them, and this is going to be an evaluation of the second half. Really, unless something magical happens, you go on some sort of a run, which I don't even think is good for the future of the team. Like at this point, just go out there, see what you got take your draft pick and build up for next year because it's not like you're going to go in the basement. Same thing we've talked about with the Cardinals. They're not in a position to to tear down. They're in a position they need to just retool a little bit. Well, I think that's, you know, as we have this conversation about what's next and we we talk about players that could be traded and we're kind of basing it off of, well, they're free agents next year, next uh, this offseason. So why not get something in return for them? The... The only the only thing I'd push back on is do they fit your 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 current plans? Like Ryan O'Reilly to me still still fits in what the Blues are trying to do. Sure, and he fits so, a lot of teams what they're trying to do. Probably. Absolutely. So would would Ryan O'Reilly hold more value to you on a three or four year contract extension? We're not talking about big money. And over the course of his career, he's playing you know second line, third line, eventually fourth line minutes. Does Ryan O'Reilly hold up on this Blues team with this identity, this philosophy? Does he does he hold more value than let's say uh, you know a first round pick plus? Well, why can't you have both though? Like, why was, can't you have that conversation? That'd be great. Like you mentioned, the yeah. oldest Chapman deal. You have the conversation with him and say, hey, you know what? We're going to trade you to a contender. You're going to have a legit chance to go win yourself another Stanley Cup and be a main part of it, and then we want to bring you back. Right. We're at least going to be in the conversation to bring you back. And as a competitor, as much as you, like, want to stay in a place and, like, this is home now, I think that you can appreciate that and want to go chase that. Sure. I think that you could do that. By the way, we get another text to the Air Comfort Service text line, this one from the 636. It says, so now we're stuck with a soft defense by getting rid of one of our most physical players in Mikula. Yeah, he wasn't playing well. Your defense sucked yeah. all mm-hmm. year. According defense, to the text line. Right. Uh, no, I said that one. Mm. Your def- and the numbers will – the analytics people have backed up the fact this defense sucks yeah. overall. Okay? Not a very good 
defensive club. Mm-hmm. So you want another one of these guys, big, Rangers? Give us another first round pick. Here you go. Physical guy is gone. Really? Yeah. Really? He was really scaring everybody out. <laughs> You really saw the dividends paid when Nico Mikola was out there on the ice. I, you? you know the the amount Everybody, of Everybody head on a swivel. The amount of uh backdoor goals that he prevent oh wait. Brad's right, this defense is He was Mr. Backdoor tap in. Yeah. Allowing it to happen. Mm-hmm. Left and right. No. Yeah. No. Just right there. Uh, Brad talked about a huge uh, – by the way, Doug Armstrong, just a reminder, in less than 20 minutes now, Doug Armstrong will address the media, will carry that press conference live here on 101 ESPN. We've moved the gauntlet back to 415. But coming up next, Brad talked about a serious issue with the Cardinals that could definitely hold them back this year. Brad was unhappy about this. We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. One thing that keeps BT up at night is thinking about the lack of left-handers in the Cardinals' bullpen. It's the Vaseline on 101 ESPN. I'm Anthony Stalter, Marsh here as well, and BT, you're shaking your head, but that's exactly what you told me yesterday. It's not true at all. You laid out some lefty plans, and uh, we didn't like them. We agreed upon it. Anthony, I think that they have plenty of lefties. It has nothing to do with the quantity of lefties they have. Well, who do you trust? No, that's the problem, actually, is the quality, potentially, of lefties that they have at the pen. Or at the very least, the proven quality of the lefties that they have. So I threw out there to you yesterday the mm. the question of who do you trust most? Who is the left-hander in a big spot that you want to see in the game? Yeah. Genesis Cabrera in the first half last year uh, or the year before. Right. But the noises that you made before you even said Genesis Cabrera's name. They were kind of like, mm. Hennessy's Cabrera, and you did it with a question mark at the end of it. Yeah. Now, Hennessy's Cabrera, as we all know, is very, very talented, hard-throwing lefty, good breaking ball. When he's on, he's on. When he was off, he was way off. Velo was down last year. Spin rate was down. Sorry, spin rate was down last year. Like, he just did not look like the same guy for a lot of the season. They liked some of the numbers. When he got sent down, came back up, was a little bit better. But he's the one that you think of and say, all right, well, that that ends up being the big lefty in a spot. I picked, and a guy that has very little track record, honestly, I picked Zach Thompson as the lefty that I felt best about in the pen. And What again, does that say? I know. Well, he's got good stuff, and his fastball played up out of the pen, and he's got a devastating breaking ball that works to both lefties and righties. But it's, it's again, it's a guy that we saw for like a half a season last year. Like, we don't know exactly what that is. And then what do you have within the organization after that? You got JoJo Romero, who's got big stuff, and JoJo actually stepped up in some big games for you last year. Still don't know what JoJo is. Uh, you got Packy Naughton, who if, if you ever play against a team that has, what we'll call it, they have 13 position players, and all 13 of those position players are, in fact, left-handed, I need Packy Naughton, hmm. okay? Packy's hell on lefties. If he faces a right-hander, you're in a bit of a predicament. 
and you're just say be ready because he his splits righty lefty splits are not good uh, at all. So you worry about that a little bit. They picked up a- Andrew Suarez who was pitching uh, overseas. Uh, they picked up uh, uh, the uh, lefty from the Royals on James Nail's birthday yesterday. Anthony uh, Misevich they picked up Misevich something like that. Misevich I think it's Misevich. Yes. Anthony, let's just Sometimes go with Anthony. Sometimes the phonetics are even hard. Yeah. M-I-H was the first part of the uh, phonetics. Mish. Mishevitz. Mishevitz. I promise you this, if he pitches well, we're going to get it right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's all there is to it. I mean, M- Mishevitz. Mishevitz? I mean, he's going to shevitz it I'm going to go back to the... Uh, like Nick Wintergreen? That's not, Janet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was actually really funny. So the question is, outside of that, like who else could even profile in a role like that? Could you see a scenario in spring training, Anthony, where Matthew Libertor steps up, or as his friends call him, Matt, and, uh, and he looks good. He's throwing the ball hard, but there's not room for him in the rotation. Could you see a spot where they put Libby in the pen? No. Me neither. I don't see it. Like, uh, not right now. Not in right his now. Career. Exactly. You I still mean, need the depth. He's still 24 years old. You put him in AAA and you just let him grow. Yep. Like, that's the way that I look at it. Yeah. And I you don't still care. need those guys to be able to, you need innings there at AAA because somebody's going to, to go down at some point. Uh, they picked up uh, Connor Thomas. They put him on the 40 man roster. Connor Thomas, he got that cutter going last year, one that Izzy really helped him with. Had a really good Arizona Fall League. He is a starter. Maybe, right? Maybe that guy sneaks into your bullpen somehow, some way. But I really don't look at this organization and say, oh, well, they're just chock full of high-end lefties. They're really not. So the question is, why not go look for one? And it doesn't have to be high-end necessarily, Mm -hmm. but at least proven. And there are still guys that are out there, Anthony. There are still free agent lefties that are out on the market. Now, the reason that they're still out on the market, or at least— No. Oh. No. The price tag is probably ah, high. And, and they're not good. Well, and the years are probably one that you want to worry about. Like the one, if I had to pick a, a lefty that's still out on the market that I would love to be able to add to this team, because as you and I have talked about before, too, another thing that I think personally is maybe lacking out in the bullpen for the Cardinals is more veteran leadership. Like guys that have been around, have been through it a little bit. You do bring some of that leadership back in Stratton, who's been in the league for for a while. But in large part, it's a younger group that is down there. The guy that I would love to bring in is Andrew Chafin. Had a good year for the Tigers last year. Uh, I believe he opted out of a player option that was going to pay him some decent money, over $6 million. So he's looking for north of that, and he's looking for multiple years. Being at 283 ERA, 67 punch-outs in 57 innings. Like, this is a type of guy that I believe that the Cardinals are going to need. I mm-hmm. hope that the offense gives them a little bit more leeway where a season doesn't come down to a left-handed reliever that you did or did not have. But I like bringing in a guy like that. I'd even be interested in Zach Britton. I don't know. I don't know exactly what Zach and his camp are looking for. Zach Britton missed a lot of time coming back from Tommy John. I think he only pitched three games for the Yankees last year. And then he also missed time right at the end of the year with some shoulder strain. That happens a lot when you come back from uh, from TJ. But uh, he is out there. Will Smith, who was struggling with the Braves, he got dealt over to the eventual uh, champion Astros. He's out there. Like, there are some names that I'm more interested in than maybe all of the names that you have in your bullpen. If it's a one-year deal, I'm good with it. If not, forget it. That's the hard part, isn't it? These relievers – Brad, you and I have talked about this. I would not spend money on relievers. 
outside of a, a one-year deal. That's your first-round running back. That's huh? my first. It is. That's that. That would be the comparable, because what's most available at the deadline? It's relievers. Yeah, for sure. I'm not saying that they they don't cost because it's still. You know, we've, we've seen some big t- – hell, the one really – I don't even remember the reliever's name, and he was pretty good at the time. But the Astros gave up the reliever to the Dodgers. You got Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, it worked out pretty well. It worked out very well. Now, not every deal is going to work out that way. But the, the point is, the relievers, it's not like they're inexpensive at the, at the trade market. But they will be available. Bad teams, the first thing they want to do is get the contracts off the books. And a lot of times, it's we're talking about relievers. So you can find a left-handed reliever at the trade deadline. So that's the good part here. Plus, bullpens, as you know, BT, they're they're extremely volatile. Yeah. From year to year, bullpens can change in a blink. Yeah, and to that point, too, Anthony, I would say that a lot like the – we talk about this with the bat. It's like, we need a left-handed bat. No, you don't. You You need need a a bat that can hit right-handed pitching. That's what you need. So it's not that you need a left-handed bat. Like, we need balance. Not necessarily. You need somebody that that can just hit against right-handers, right? So uh, to me, I need somebody that can get left-handers out. That's what I need more of in the bullpen. So it doesn't always typically have to be the lefty-on-lefty matchup. Yes, it's more advantageous at times. But a guy like Andre Pallante, who can eat you up bulk innings, obviously. He can start for you. But his numbers against lefties were, like, really, really good. There's something about his fastball, the way that it jumps on lefties, that's just ridiculous. Um, I I think that ends up being the key. But you're going to have to have other guys in that bullpen really make some steps forward this year because the group, like, you got a lot of bodies, but, like, how high-end is your quality? Outside of Helsley and Giovanni Gallegos, Who's like the next guy on the list that you're comfortable with? I want to say Hicks. Like I, I want to put yeah, him, I would say Jordan I Hicks. Put him there. Outside of that, nobody. I like the I like the upside of Zach Thompson. I like I the too. I like the potential of Henesis Cabrera, but no, that's it. Those top three guys. We have Doug Armstrong, his live press conference coming up next. Vladimir Tarasenko dealt to the Rangers. We'll hear from Army about that uh, and the trade deadline as a whole. Next, I want to win ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's the Fast Lane on, on uh, 101 ESPN. It's 4 o'clock. I wasn't going to curse, wow. I swear. Just 4 o'clock there. Time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We've moved the gauntlet back because we've got Doug Armstrong right now live talking about the Vladimir Tarasenko deal. Maybe not right now. I see his lips moving. Doug, you're accidentally muted. He was muted. He was muted. That That was my best stuff, too. Sorry. Uh, I just wanted to – did you get any of that, guys, or no? We, we got, lost it when you started talking about Meek. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, uh, just I want to thank uh, thank Meeks for for his his time here. Obviously, he's a fifth round pick, playing the number of games that he that he has. He's uh, overcome a lot of odds and, and been a good player for us. And I wish him nothing but the best with the with the Rangers. Also, so I'll just open up to any questions you might have. Hey, Doug. Uh, first off, I, I want to be cur- uh, clear on a couple of the the terms. It's a uh, 
conditional first round pick, does, does that mean you get the latter of their two picks? Yes. And uh, the fourth round conditional, it, it bumps to a third if uh, the Rangers make the playoffs? Yeah, th that one was a little, you know, surprising. I'd, I'd be shocked if the Rangers don't make the playoffs this year. Uh, and so will they. Uh, but yeah, it goes from uh, it goes from a fourth to a third round pick if uh, uh, or once once they once they qualify for the playoffs this year. And and lastly, you retain some salary. Is that right? Or yeah, which is which is normal. I think this time of year when you're dealing with contracts of this uh, of this size, um, you know, obviously the the flat cap over the last couple of years is has made money at a premium, and uh, we were able to. Um, to, to get the asset, uh, the first round pick, we were able to to help them um, make it work financially. So it's it's half of his uh, salary. Is that yeah. What you're saying? Yeah. And um, that, that that gives you some cap room. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Cap room is not going to be an issue for us uh, this year, and uh, obviously we we'll, we won't have any penalties for next year, so it puts us in a good spot. Hey, Doug, Jeremy, um, can you tell me about the objective or the challenge, if you will, of trying to find a team, a fit for Vladdy that was both someone who is interested in him and also a team that he would go to? Yeah, well, what I, I, I talked to Vladdy's representative uh, a few times during the year and just said that I was going to do my work uh, behind the scenes. And then when I had something like I did today, I would take it to to uh, Paul Theophanis's agent and Vladdy and they could make their decision. What I tried to work off of uh, a couple of years ago, I was uh, provided a list of teams that he would he would uh, like to go to. So I started with that group and uh, I was able to find a, a match uh, out of that group. Uh, so I was hoping that that, that didn't change. Obviously, uh, New York's a, a marquee city for, for all players in the league. So I was comfortable that when I called today that I, I would have been surprised if that hadn't been an issue. Doug, this has been kind of an ongoing thing for a couple of years. How did you manage to keep things civil and Vladdy managed to keep things civil? Well, I think Vladdy did a great job. Uh, when you go back a couple of years when he, you know, he's coming off the injuries and uh, he asked to be, uh, see if we could find a different uh, spot for him. And that was a tough summer, obviously. Uh, and so we weren't, uh, we couldn't do anything there. And he, I thought he came back in great shape. He had a great year last year, and uh, he's been a professional from, uh, quite honestly, from the day we drafted him. Uh, that's just who he is. He comes to work. Uh, he put puts hard work in uh, in the summers. Uh, I saw a video of him and his son this year working out. So, uh, Vladdy's been nothing but a, a pro uh, since he's been here, and he he did everything we could ask for uh, him on and off the ice to prepare to be a good player. And was your plan this offseason wasn't to trade him, right? You, you, you were coming off a great year, and, and, and you thought, let's see what, where this group takes us. Is that, is that a safe assumption? Yeah, there's, there's, yeah I, would, I would say that, that that was a safe assumption. I think uh, we, had, we had a good season last year. Um, you know, we were, again, trying to ring out another, another year out of this group. I think when you go back to our, our successful season in 19, we were a veteran team that we, we won as a veteran team. And we've been able to to hang on to that uh, that group uh, for for three more. This year, obviously, was the end of that era, and uh, so it, it now 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 it's a officially 
an end of an era and we have good players that are going to that played on that team that are going to be here for a number of years and we have younger players that weren't part of that team or or like Robert Thomas just a you know a smaller piece of that team that now have to be center pieces for us moving forward and I think when we made the commitment to the two young players last summer we understood how that was going to affect the cap and affect the season moving forward and um, that's where we are today. Hey, Doug, there's a, a few big fish as far as the UFAs go around the league. What kind of role did that play in doing this three weeks out as opposed to waiting so maybe you don't get caught without a chair at the end? Yeah, I think you, it takes it takes two to, to make a trade. I think, <clears throat> obviously, excuse me, managers do their job. They, they see where we are in the standings. And, uh, uh, you know, so I, I've, been, I've been dealing with – with all the managers, all, all the teams in the league, letting them know what our situation right now. And uh, I got a little bit, of, I got to say, I did get a little bit nervous uh, when both two, two potent, potential unrestricted free agents got injured. It does, it does clarify that things, bad things can happen and, and it's no one's fault or no one's issue. So uh, I just felt that if there was something that made sense to all parties involved, we would, there was no sense waiting to try and squeeze a little bit extra at the end, uh, you bring injuries in and you also bring a shrinking market in. Uh, and I think the, for us, uh, acquiring a first round pick was very important and we were able to do that. Uh, Doug, was it gonna be tough to re-sign Mikola given your, your cap situation for, for next year? Uh, I, not, I'm not sure cap wise, uh, and, and Meeks is a really good player, but I, you know, we have a player like Tucker who who is who is just like a half a generation before Mikola, you know, a, a later round pick that has played well in the American League that has come up and given us games that we want to see. And uh, at some point you have to create space for players. Uh, and so Tucker uh, is going to come up. He's going to be given uh, a good look for the rest of this year. He might still bounce up and down. But uh, as, as I said, as we transition to a younger group, not that Meeks is old whatsoever, but <coughs> Tucker's a uh, a, a competent player at, at a at a controlled cap hit next year, so it 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 just it was a, a combination of, of the unknown of of a contract and also creating where Meeks would want to know where he fits in on the team moving forward, and it's it's hard to really say with with the, with the, with Tuck and some and Kessel and some of these younger players coming that we're excited about. What can you tell us about the young defenseman that, that you got, uh, Skinner, and also your thoughts on uh, having Sammy Blay back on the round? Yeah, Skinner is someone that, uh, quite honestly, we wanted just to make sure that we, with Tucker coming up, that we we had an American League uh, player that could go in there and support support the AHL team. Uh, he's, again, a later round pick, just starting his career, um, you know, just based on where he was drafted. You know, he has a, a big hill to climb, but... Um, He's big, he's physical, uh, so he has some some attributes that we like, and we're just going to see see how that grows. Uh, I don't want to overhype, overhype or discount him. I don't want to discount him, but I also don't want to overhype that it, you know it's it's going to be some term and some project there. But we're looking forward to getting our development guys uh, work, working with him and moving him forward, and getting Blazer back. Uh, uh, Obviously, we had success here with Sammy uh, again, and the later round pick. And I'm really proud of our amateur scouting staff for finding these guys in the, you know, fourth through seventh round that play in the league. Uh, Blazer is one of those players, and 
Uh, he played his, probably his best hockey here in St. Louis. And I know I talked to him. He's excited about coming back. Craig knows him. He knows how we can, he can use him. Uh, and so he's going to, he needs to, he needs to come back in here and stay healthy and play and, and, you know, conf confirm his spot in the NHL. And I think we have the opportunity to, to, to give him, we have the ability to give him that opportunity. Given what you said about the timing of this trade and injuries, does that hasten your decision on other guys, other dependent free agents? Uh, again, I, I think you you just you talk to managers and, and you have to you have to go with the timeline that's available uh, and that both sides want to work on. Uh, so it, I don't think it hastens it. We're, we're not going to to do anything if we don't believe that the, the return is is uh, uh, justifiable to the St. Louis Blues. Uh, so I, again, sooner it, it takes out unknown, but sooner and not getting value is, is not is not something we're looking to do yet either. Hey, Doug, uh, knowing that you do your work behind closed doors, can I just ask you, do you have interest in bringing Ryan O'Reilly back? Uh, I'm not... Ryan's our captain. I'm a big fan of Ryan. He and I talk behind behind closed doors, and I'm going to keep it there. I uh, he knows how I feel about him. Sounds good. Thanks. Hey Doug, I'm just curious though if uh, if you were to trade Tarasenko, um, was it imperative to get a first round pick in return for him? Uh, yes. Yeah, we were looking. Uh, Lou, I think you go into it. You we're, we're trying to to have a players that can complement uh, uh, guys sooner than later. So, you, 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 you know, your first thing is to get a proven young player. Uh, those are always harder to do. I know they're harder to give up. Uh, a first-round pick is just a number right now, but as soon as you put a name to it, for some reason, they become probably 20% better than they really are to the team that picks them. We're, and we're no different than, than the other teams. Uh, so... Uh, a first round pick is, a, is something that I know our guys um, are excited to have our amateur guys. And <clears throat> I think what it does, Lou, it also gives you the ability to, to package that and whatever pick we may have to, to move up a few slots. Uh, it also gives us the ability to pick that pick there. It also gives us the ability to pick, potentially trade that like we have in the past for NHL proven or ready players. Uh, so it just, uh, first round picks are our big time equity in the NHL, and now we have two for sure. So, Doug, are we you... ended? Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. You're on, JT. So, Doug, are you done? Are you finished trading? <laughs> finished for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll go with this. Yeah. Is it safe to assume that you're still looking at other moves? I'll go with that approach. I, I, I would say that my job. Uh, the trade deadline is, is early March and I like 31 other managers have to have to stay in contact and find out what uh, what's available and when what makes sense. And as I said, I'm not looking to rush to do anything. Uh, and you know what, I, I want to see how obviously we want to see our guys respond. You know, we're, we're not playing great hockey going into the break. Now they've had time to regroup and refresh and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how they play. Uh, on Saturday and moving forward. I've been in Europe now. It's going to be a 15 day trip. I get home uh, next Tuesday and I'll see them live. <coughs> how disappointed are you in how the season's gone so far? And could you, could you see this coming? 
Uh, I don't think to this level. Uh, I, you know, I, I would say this is in my managing career uh, as, as a general manager. Uh, I've had dis I've had playoff disappointment in both St. Louis and in Dallas, where we thought we would go deeper. Uh, really, no regular season disappointment uh, uh, to to this magnitude. So yeah, I I'm, I am disappointed. I am I, I thought. I thought, quite honestly, we would be pushing right now for a playoff spot, with, which would cloud things uh, more than they're clouded right now on, on what to do moving forward. All right, everybody. Thanks for your time. Doug, thank you. We'll uh, talk soon. All right, guys. Thank you very much and take care. Thanks, Doug. That is Blues general manager and president of hockey operations doug armstrong talking about the vladimir tarasenko trade he was dealt earlier today to the new york rangers along with nico mikola for a first round pick a conditional fourth round pick there could be a third round pick if the rangers make the playoffs which seems like a layup sammy blay and prospect hunter skinner say it right hunter skinner hunter skinner that's right We'll continue. We'll react to what Doug Armstrong said, but we do have the gauntlet coming up next. We get a returning guest too. Gauntlet next. Fast lane on one one ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred one ESPN. Can you survive the gauntlet? Fred is back for round two of the gauntlet here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. He uh, knocked off BT yesterday in random trivia. And now Fred is back to take on either Marsh or myself today. What's up, Fred? Not much. How's it going? Not good because keep beating everybody. Let's just one. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Fred, who would you like to take on today, Marsh or me? I would like to take on you, please. Okay. What are you hoping for today, Fred? Not, uh, just, just not hockey. Just not hockey. All right, I'm with you on that. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony agrees. All right, everybody knows the rules of the gauntlet. As Anthony is heading to the uh, cone of silence, we will spin for whatever the category is, and uh, and then we'll see how it all goes down. Marsh, are you ready to spin that thing? I'm ready to do it. Let's do it. Is Fred ready? Oh, yeah. All right, tell us uh, what to do. Spin that wheel. Marshy. Well, on the phone, Fred, I asked him, what what, what does he not want? And obviously, Anthony just asked him, too. Uh, doesn't want hockey. He told me, I hope you don't rig it. And I said, I won't. I won't rig it at all because smart. of Vladimir Tarasenko. You know, it's the hot topic of the day. Fred, guess what, uh, guess what uh, topic we got today? Guess what uh, category? Is it Taylor Swift trivia? Nope, it's hockey. Rats. Would you do better, Fred, in Taylor Swift trivia? Oh, 100%. Wow, that's interesting. That is, I, I wouldn't have pegged you for that. I've known you for all of about 15 minutes, which was yesterday, but uh, didn't know that that was it. All right, now you know the rules. If you get it correct without any of the options, it's worth two points. You get it correct with the options, it's one. If you uh, just don't get it right at all, that is worth zero points. Let's get into it. Here we go. Question number one. 
which former blue currently holds the record for most blocked shots in an NHL career? Uh, may I have the options? Yeah, I guess if you need them. <laughs> Zabenik Michalik. Close enough, Marshy? <laughs> yeah. Nailed it? Yeah. Jay Bowmeister or Chris Russell? Um, I'm going to go with Jay Bowmeister because I know who that person is. That is exactly how I would have answered that. <laughs> All right, question number two, Fred. How many 100-point seasons did Wayne Gretzky have in the NHL? Uh, may I have the options? Yes, you can have those options. Uh, 11, 13, or 15? Uh, 15. Question number three. Bob Gainey, he won the first four Selkie trophies. Which player is the only other in the NHL history to win three Selkies in a row? Uh, what is a Selkie trophy? Look, I can't have? tell you the answer for the Selkie trophy. Marshy, uh, okay. tell him what the Selkie trophy is. It's the, uh, it's the uh, oh my gosh. I'm the, Exactly. He won <laughs> them. He's the best uh, two-way forward in, in the NHL. Okay, man, I have the option, please. <laughs> yes. Is it Sergei Fedorov, Pavel Datsuk, or Patrice Bergeron? Sergei, the first one. All right. Question number four. Vladimir Tarasenko's penalty shot against the Sharks in the 2019 Western Conference Final was in which game of the series? Hmm. No, I do remember it, but I don't know what game. So I'm going to well, let's go game five. Final, final answer? Huh? Final, final answer. All right. Let's bring back in Anthony Stalter. Fred, how are we feeling? Uh, not great. Happens. It happens. Look, you, you got uh, you put it out there what you didn't want. And uh, who knows? Who knows how this all ends up shaking out here as Anthony is heading back into the studio right now now and i'm wondering first of all how was the cone of silence today anthony it was silent rider rider was cutting up army audio he didn't play me any jams today but you got to hear army again i did yeah got to hear all the great questions that were asked certainly of him yeah which was good we did get a text earlier and uh, just to clarify uh it, one of them said uh, was that guy asking questions from heaven no that was uh, Jim Thomas's computer had a little bit of a, I don't know, an echo. To like it. a little ambience to it. Yeah, or ambiance. Is it ambiance or ambience? Well, ambient is what you eat and then you go to sleep. Right. Ambiance. Oh. Is just kind of a little yeah. vibe to it. Sure. Yeah. Now, are we sure that he wasn't asking questions from heaven? I didn't take the day off. So he's probably still with us. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> All right. Good point. All right, here we go, Anthony. Let's get into it. Jay, or Jamie. Uh, Marshy, tell him. <laughs> pack a lunch. Yeah, just pack a lunch. Question number one. Mm-hmm. Which former blue currently holds the record for most blocked shots in an NHL career? Really? I got hockey again. It landed on hockey, Anthony. I'll show you. 
The wheel never lies. It's my fourth hockey. Is yeah. it really? Yeah. Um, the wheel may be weighted, though. Uh, I'm, I'm I had need, hockey twice. Right there. I'm going to need the uh, the question again and, and right, definitely well, the, some The options. question is, which former blue currently holds the record for most blocked shots in an NHL career? Here are your options. Zabinik Michalik, Jay Bomeister, Chris Russell. I'll go with the first guy. I don't think Chris Russell blocked a bunch of shots and Jay Bo played for a while, but I don't think so. I'm going to go with the first bed. First guy. What's what his, his name again? Uh, Zajenabad. <laughs> All right. Got it. That's actually a different player, but. <laughs> Place to the Rangers. Nainanaja. We mm. know who. Naga. Naga. Not, not going to work here anymore. How hard is it? <laughs> Question number two, Anthony. How many 100-point seasons did Wayne Gretzky have in the NHL? Well, uh, Marsh, he played a long time. The great one did. Hmm. Sure, he had a bunch. So why don't we narrow it down with the options, please? Mm -hmm. Was it 11, 13, or 15? 11, 13, or 15. Let's go on the high end and say 15. Final answer? Sure. All right, Anthony, question number three. Bob Gainey, he won the first four Selkie Trophy Awards. That's what I was telling you in the office earlier. You were. Which player is the only other in the NHL history to win three Selkies in a row? You know, I've got uh, I've got some names in my head, BT, but uh, I just want to narrow this down and, and, and for sake of time, why don't you give me the options? Well, I appreciate that we are sure. up against it. Is it Sergei Fedorov, Pavel Datsuk, or Patrice Bergeron? I mean, Ber- Bergeron had, I mean, he's had a very good career, but one of these is not like the others. Let's go with Patrice Bergeron. Final answer. Last question, Anthony. Vladimir Tarasenko's penalty shot against the Sharks in the 2019 Western Conference Final was in which game of the series? Of course, Marsh, that was game four. Final answer. All right. Here we go. Let's go over these. Which former blue currently holds the record for the most blocked shots in an NHL career? It's 2,044 of those bad boys. Anthony, you went with Zabinik Michalik. Fred, you went with Chris Russell. The answer is Marshy. It's Chris Russell. Nah, you didn't go with that. He went with Jay Bomeister. I'm just kidding. I lied. On that. <laughs> <laughs> I lied. He didn't. He went to. It's zero. Is, zero. That, is that because I said I don't think Chris yeah. Russell? No, that's yeah. what popped it right <laughs> in good. my head. There, that's he went nice. with Jay Bomeister. It's nothing, nothing. Uh, how many 100 point seasons? I I said it, then I looked down. I go, how did yeah, I get my no, math wrong? No, you said it. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. It's on me, guys. Don't worry about it. You zero, guys zero. have got nothing correct. How many 100-point seasons did Wayne Gretzky have in his NHL career? Anthony, with the options, you went with 15. Fred, with the options, you went with 15. The answer is? It's 15. It is 15. So We on the board. One, yeah, we are, Fred. One. 
Bob Gainey won the first four Selkie trophies. Which player is the only other in NHL history to win three Selkies in a row? You both had fantastic ideas on your own, but you did, in fact, use the, the options here. Fred, you went with Sergei Fedorov. Anthony, you went with Patrice Bergeron. The answer is... Well, of course, it's Pavel Datsuk. It is Pavel Datsuk. 1-1 heading into our final answer. One of you gentlemen got this correct. Neither of you use the lifeline. Shoot or shoot is what you guys said. Vladimir Tarasenko, his penalty shot against the Sharks in the 2019 Western Conference Final was in which game of the series? Fred, without the options, you went with game five. Anthony, without the options, you went with game four. If it's game five, Fred is moving on. If it's game four, Anthony has saved the day. Fred? You have chosen wisely. Fred, congratulations. It was game five of the 2019 Western Conference final when Vladimir Tarasenko won it with a penalty shot against Anthony Stalter. Sharks that it hurt so bad he couldn't remember which game it was. Fred, <laughs> congratulations. You'll be back with us again tomorrow to take on our guy, Marshy. Sounds like a plan. Marsh better bring your lunch. All right. Pack it. Pack it, Marshy. All right, Fred. Thank nice you. Nice job, Fred. Look at Fred. Look at you, Anthony. Big disappointment. Here. I don't like this wheel. Not one bit. No. It makes it entertaining. Oh, does it? Because it's hockey every day. There's got to be something. we got to write it differently on the wheel or something. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Eh, you know what? I didn't. If you don't like it, play better. This is on me. And wow. my non-hockey knowledge. Here's a text, Anthony. Anthony says, the thing that made your spot truly a gauntlet was the fact that you had experts on the different categories to go up against. This random wheel just isn't a gauntlet anymore. Maybe change the name of your spot to the cakewalk. Wow. That, that hurts. That's fair. Ain't wrong. That's fair. It's totally fair. We got to order more trophies. Yeah, we do. <sighs> this, uh, yeah, this one's been tough. It has. That's tough with the whole branding thing. You know? Right. Yeah. The cakewalk. Next. <laughs> on 101 ESPN. All right. Well, uh, we've got another trophy on the line. By the way, we took pictures with somebody earlier today. Uh, Marsh, you weren't even you weren't even there. Well, he was so disgusted. He was so yeah. disgusted. <laughs> I Stanley. It, Stanley came in. We we thank Stanley you. was here today. Yeah. Stanley, Stanley was here. I don't even remember. Did I? Was this last week? I don't remember facing. You weren't Stanley. even here. You never did. You never faced him. I never faced him. BT actually faced him, <laughs> lost. Jamie lost, then I lost. So you, this is the, the non-save from Stanley. You yeah, didn't I show missed up for it. the photo. I didn't, no. You're upset. Well, you I also didn't, didn't know, know about it. I didn't know he was coming. <laughs> I would have showed up. All right. we Let's 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 talk about Doug Armstrong at uh, the press conference from today. Did we learn anything about... I learned one thing. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. BT and what he learned next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
Ryan's our captain, and I'm a big fan of Ryan. He and I talk behind closed doors, and I'm going to keep it there. He knows how I feel about him. That was Doug Armstrong earlier this hour, right here on 101 ESPN. His uh, press conference following the trade that uh, Marsh just talked about in the Sports Center update. Vladimir Tarasenko and Nico Mikola sent to the Rangers for conditional first and fourth round picks over the next two years. First rounder in 2023, fourth rounder in 2024. Sammy Blay and prospect. Go ahead, BT. Hunter Skinner. That's right. Doug Armstrong right there was asked about Ryan O'Reilly and whether or not Ryan O'Reilly might be moved at the deadline. And you heard Doug Armstrong's response. It was, you know, so I feel about him. We're going to keep that cl- behind closed doors. Yeah, as it's Ryan O'Reilly knows uh, how I feel about him. And I B- like the communication has been there. Absolutely. But, BT, you, you had an interesting take about this. You said well, you, you learned one thing. Yeah, out of that whole thing. I guess maybe I learned two things. Uh, one, um, he's he's not done trading people. Right. Due to the fact that, you know, the deadline's not here yet. So I guess that's a question you have to ask. Are you done? Are you done? I mean, Could you imagine? Today, I guess today. Could you imagine um, if he goes, he goes yeah. yeah, no, that <laughs> was it. That'll do, donkey. That'll do. Deadline's at March 3rd. It's yeah, a couple weeks here. Not quite done. So mm-hmm. I learned that they're not done yet and still going to do his due diligence uh contractually obligated to do that down the stretch um but the other thing i learned there is he's talking about ryan o'reilly and o'reilly made his feelings very clear to jr and the athletic like he wants to stay here he wants to be here wants to work something out he's gone whoa that's what i learned right there he said he he knows how i feel about him yes no he probably told him like i i I think you're great and then ryan o'reilly probably said man i think you're great i love being here Anybody that expresses love being here, they're gone, man. Well, name, Petro, gone. Name one, Braun, two. Gone. Name three guys. Well, uh, no, I think that Big Rig actually probably fits Name too. four. I mean, I, David Backus? Son of a... <laughs> I mean, they're, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying that's what I learned. This is my interpretation of what those conversations are. Wow. It's like saying the right things. Like, oh, yeah, no, absolutely love it, love you. Then he's like, oh, he's on another phone call with muting O'Reilly. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, how, no, yeah, O'Reilly, no, he's in play for sure, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, he is there. No, but the, the the thing about Ryan O'Reilly and his situation, Ryan O'Reilly, the the player and the leader, that's a fit on any team. Yes, and to me, it's a fit on specifically a winning team. So I believe that if I'm a winning team, and he's got to be healthy, he's mm-hmm. got to be, you know, back to full activities, playing in games. To, to give you the full value uh, that would be, be worth to trade him off. But you can let him go and then sign him again. Like, nothing stops you from doing that unless uh, Ryan O'Reilly, if you're looking at him and just saying, okay, this is what we want to do. We do want to bring him back. We'll find something that's team-friendly because you know that Army is not going to pay him top market dollar in the next deal, where whatever it is, three-year deal we'll call it. Not going to pay him top dollar. But if you know you want to bring him back, the only reason you don't trade him is if O'Reilly says, look, I want to be here, and if you move me, I'm probably going to be on the move. Like, that's it. If if you believe I'm part of the future here of this organization, if you want me to lead this young, talented core that you have, Mm. keep me here. Then that would get my wheels turning a little bit. Sure. But if you feel as though that he he makes you better in the future, then okay. Just say, all right. 
and then you forego the, the the opportunity to deal him and get get some more draft capital because that draft capital is just that. I mean, it's just it's that it's a piece a piece for down the road. It if you think that Ryan O'Reilly playing you know second line minutes, third line, third line minutes for you makes a lot of sense on this team, and given his leadership and and, and all the qualities off off and on the ice, then you just retain him. Uh, but Brad, I don't like your attitude, even though you've got many factual examples of uh, Doug but Armstrong saying this is I'm me, out. This is the reading between the lines, okay? This is me inferring what he's saying and not taking his words and really just looking at track record. All right, fair enough. That's Brad Thompson. I'm Anthony Stalter. We're going to talk to Jamie Rivers from Mexico. Jamie's like, I want to talk about Vladimir Tarasenko now. And we said, well, it is your show, Jamie, so we'll have you on. So Jamie Rivers, next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Thompson, I'm Anthony Stalzer. It's the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. Let's go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Our guy, Jamie Rivers, former Blues defenseman, joining us right now to talk about the Vladimir Tarasenko trade. Jamie, you got Tarasenko. We've talked about this for, for a while now. Uh, Tarasenko headed to the Rangers along with Nico Mikola in exchange for a conditional 2023 first-round pick, a conditional fourth-round pick in 2024. Sammy Blay, former Blue, and prospect Hunter, go ahead, BT. Hunter Skinner. Hunter Skinner. What do you think, Jamie? Instant reaction. Uh, instant reaction is I think Army did a great job here, honestly. You know, this is a guy, uh, this is a player that had requested a trade uh, two years back now. And on his list of teams that he would go to were the New York Rangers. Now, the New York Rangers were kind of cap strapped at the time. And they still are, which is why Army is retaining 50% of Vladimir Tarasenko's salary so that the Rangers can make cap space and make this trade. But at the end of the day, you wanted to get, you wanted to get value for this player. Uh, and the value to, when you're looking at a guy who has a no-trade clause, it's in the eye of the beholder. Basically, it means that the team that's willing to give you the most amount of pieces in return that's the winner for you to pick and the blues did a great job they get the first round pick they get the fourth round pick they got a prospect player who look at uh hunter skinner still in the development stage he's played in the east coast league played in the american hockey league uh, you know he's not going to be an everyday nhler uh, in the next year or two but doesn't matter you get a prospect there and you get sammy blay back and we talk about maybe style of play Maybe that comes into to, to effect here, where finally you get a guy who knows what Craig Ruby wants, who knows the style of play the Blues need to have, 
and you get him back and you put him back in the rotation to where he can be effective. So I think this was a great move by Doug Armstrong. Jamie, you've been in uh, plenty of locker rooms uh, throughout your career, and you've been with players that are happy. You've been with those that have been disgruntled. And it's safe to say that at least for part of his Blues career, disgruntled would be a way to categorize Vladimir Tarasenko. What do you think it's like for the room maybe having Tarasenko move on at this point? You know, it's weird, right? Because he's been here for so long and so many of the guys have played with him for such an extended period of time. It, it, it is almost like losing a part of the family when these things happen. You know, BT, you've been in these situations. Like, you know, guys that you've been around for five, six, seven years, and you're like, man, this kind of sucks. But the flip side of it, when you look at it, is it's also a guy that, quite honestly, for the last two years, nobody's known if he really wanted to be here or not. And there are instances that have happened that maybe displayed that. And there's times when maybe Vladdy was frustrated with teammates or teammates were frustrated with Vladdy in the last little while. And specifically, probably recently when the team is struggling, all that kind of comes to a head sometimes. So I actually, I applaud Doug Armstrong for making this move earlier than he probably had to make it. It establishes, you know, what he's trying to do now as a team. And at the same time, it lets the locker room know that, hey, okay, if you're still here right now, it's on you to change this. It's on you guys to play better because Vladimir Tarasenko, who's one of our most successful offensive players, at least since the year 2000, uh, you know, he's gone now. He's no longer here. He's a New York Ranger, so who's going to step up in his absence? And so the young guys that maybe used to pass the buck to Vladdy or maybe the young guys that were frustrated because Vladdy wanted all the pucks on the power play or frustrated because Vladdy was getting ice time that they weren't. Guess what? None of that exists anymore. So now it's time for them to go out and prove what they can do. Jamie, at least one of our texters, I'm sure there's others, one was upset that Nico Mikola was also part of this deal. Uh, as Brad aptly pointed out, the uh, Blues defense, not great. So losing a physical piece really doesn't do anything to you. What, what's your thoughts on Mikola heading to New York as well? Yeah, look, that's the cost of doing business, in my opinion, is you wanted to make sure you got your first-round pick. And this was the way to do it because of, again, being handcuffed a little bit by Vladimir Tarasenko's no-trade no clause. You had to maybe up the ante a little bit, and that was Nico Mikola. Look, Nico Mikola was unrestricted at the end of this season. I don't think the Blues were going to re-sign him. He'd made some good strides in the past couple seasons, but not the strides where you look at it and go, we can't lose this guy. We cannot spend a day without this player. I think that there are some guys that have stepped up in the meantime. Look, Callie Rosen has proved to be a very efficient player, and I don't think he's the, the next Nico Mikola, but I do think Tyler Tucker could be. I think Tyler Tucker proved to a lot of people that he's ready for a bigger assignment, that he's ready to maybe get an extended period of time in the NHL. He's a, a pretty big kid. He plays way more physical than Nico Mikola. His gap control is real good. He closes out plays very well. So you, know, you always have to look at you know, who's the next Nico Mikola, so to say. And if you don't have that player, then that's when you have to hold on to what you've got. But if you do have a player who's even close to what that is or maybe even better or could potentially be better, that's when you know, okay, we can move on from this player because we have the replacement. By the way, Ryder just told us that Tucker got called up. So 
Makes oh, sense. Imagine yeah. that, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Makes sense how yeah. that, that ends up working. So, Jamie, as we know, this is like, you know, this is the first shoe to drop. There's a lot more work or at least a lot more time until the trade deadline here. And uh, I have a tendency to grasp at straws every once in a while or interpret things maybe incorrectly. But I'm going to read you a quote really quick, and then I'm going to tell you my thought of it. And, Jamie, I want to I hear your thought of it. Now, this was on Army talking about Ryan O'Reilly and if he was interested in re-signing. Ryan O'Reilly. He says, Ryan is our captain, and I'm a big fan of Ryan. He and I talk behind closed doors, and I'm going to keep it there. He knows how I feel about him. Uh, The way that I interpreted that, Jamie, is O'Reilly is as good as gone. You might as well pack your bags. Like, if he said he wants to be here and you said nice things about him, that cold-hearted army is just going to just cut ties, and they're gone. Your thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, look, um, yeah, I knew it. Nothing is, nothing's ever etched in stone. Uh, as you know, BT, things change quickly in pro sports. But, look, based upon that quote and the tone of it, it's almost like the great, the great breakup conversation where you're like, I love her, she loves me, but we just know we're not best together anymore. <laughs> and it's kind of like, you know, that's kind of what I got out of it. So I think you feel the same way. Now, that being said, uh, you know, maybe it's Army. Maybe it's a breadcrumb, too, from Army saying, hey, uh, don't think that this is a done deal because maybe we'll have a chance to negotiate a contract or maybe my next announcement's a contract extension. Uh, but um, I'm of the belief at this point, and this is just my opinion, that Doug Armstrong is going to do everything and anything possible to try and upgrade this team quickly, and I don't mean by players, because you may not get players back that replace Tarasenko and O'Reilly, because, look, very few of those guys exist. But he's going to try and upgrade this team for the next couple of years to where they get good draft picks, and maybe some of these draft picks turn into trades for actual players. Like, we can't forget that either. Now, Vladdy garnered a first-round pick. What if Ryan O'Reilly gets a first-round pick for him in the trade? Now, all of a sudden, Army flips both first-round picks for a guy that's on your roster who's an NHL All-Star all of a sudden. Like, you just never know how many things are in play at the trade deadline. But now, based upon those quotes, I think that I think that there might be one last kick at the can to get a deal done. And if they can't get that done, then unfortunately, I feel like Ryan O'Reilly will uh, will be moved. Jamie, before we let you go, where does Ivan Barbashev get traded? I don't know if he does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dig my heels in. I, I want Barbie to stay. Uh, you know, but maybe that's just my emotions talking because I just love the way he plays. I love the player. I know his teammates absolutely love him. He's very much like a Jaden Schwartz to where you, know, you can't find a teammate that doesn't love Barbie. And so I don't know. I don't know if it's a case where Army tries to resign him or not. I would like to resign him at a team-friendly deal. Now, Ivan Barbashev and his camp, they might feel like he's worth a lot more, and then it might just be inevitable that you have to move him to another team, but uh, I don't know. I, I would like to hang on to Ivan Barbashev if possible. I think you can build around him moving forward. I think he's a great third-line player, and you, know, you look to bolster your, your top two lines in the offseason. I don't think Ivan Barbashev gets you enough in return, no disrespect to Ivan, um, in order to make a big difference to your roster right now. All right, good stuff, Jamie. How's Mexico? Oh, it's fantastic, Anthony. <laughs> I really thought that we were going to get this call collect from a prison. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet anyways. But no, it's a beautiful day. 
the wind out the ocean is, is coming in right now. Uh, people are getting ready to go grab a bite to eat. It's a beautiful day in Mexico. All right, that's enough. You're pissing us off. Jamie, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week, buddy. You got it, brother. All right, see ya. It's cold and windy. Here. Right. Yeah, it is. It's for, yeah, it's cold. Jamie Rivers, everybody. He'll be back with us next week. Brad Thompson filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's do the sports six-pack next. Let's do that. 314-399-9646. 314-399-9646. If you have a question for us via the Air Comfort Service text line, great. We'll, uh, we'll address it next in our sports six-pack. I'm sorry, but you have reached your limit on international minutes. Jamie Rivers and his Tiger Speedo have returned to vacation on the beaches of Mexico. All Blues content now lies in the hands of Anthony and Brad. Goodbye. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Answer the question. Answer the question. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer me. The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Schlafly Beer, the original St. Louis craft brewery. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN 503. Your time check is brought to you by Clerks and Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Still time to get in a question for us if you want via the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. Time for our our sports six pack. Question number one. Yeah, just a solid question right off the bat. From the 618, would you rather be the greatest bowler of all time or a fringe MLS soccer player for a decade? The greatest Fringe MLS bowler. soccer player for a decade. No, greatest bowler of all time. What do you think the earnings are for the greatest bowler? Doesn't of all matter. Time? Great, I'm the greatest of all time. It's yeah, but you know what? There's somebody like that's always telling you, he's like, no, I'm the greatest bowler, and like, like 50 50 over it. at my lanes. You know what I mean? Like fringe MLS soccer player, mm. you're probably making a pretty good chunk of change for a decade too. Then more so than the greatest bowler of all time? Probably. I yeah, because I mean, so. especially, I mean, does it start right now? That's my question. Like, mm. are you doing it now or are you doing it back in the day? Like, the money is a little bit higher right now than it probably was before. Does that make sense? Uh, For sure. Well, I think bowlers can be a little bit older, so... Yeah, let's go right now. I get it. Look, there's a lot of guys. Anthony Neuer, for example. We talk about him all the time from Lewisburg, PA. That's right. Look, he is... He's new on the scene, okay? Big Red, they call him. He's new on the scene. He's an up-and-comer. He's only 20 years old. Like, he wants to really cash in. He hasn't really done. There are other guys, though, that are on the tour. A guy like B.J. Moore, who's been around for a while. He's made nearly $200,000 in his career. But I feel like uh, I don't even know what the minimum is in the MLS at this point. But I got to imagine... That guys like DJ Archer, Simpsonville's finest, uh, he's he's earned almost four hundred grand, Anthony, in his career. Yeah, we're talking about the greatest of all time, though. We're talking about the goat of bowling. I just don't know how profitable. And I don't even like that. bowling, to be honest. Who, do, who doesn't like you don't bowling? like bowling? No. If I said Anthony, let's go bowling. You'd be like, Nah, I'm no, good. Let's go. Let's do something else. Is it the shoes? It's a, yeah, it's the shoes. It's that, pretty much everything. Yeah, but if I say that, like you know that I'm just I, I'm I'm meaning it. Let's hey, let's go drink and kind of watch some sure. sports, eat some mm-hmm. bad but food, and without then, let's bowling. just do that without bowling. I've just never been a huge fan of bowling. Okay, sorry. Ah, see, I don't. Sorry, like I'm that. not sorry. He's always been afraid to compete. Like that's the thing. About never been afraid. I love competing. I actually got you a shirt one time that said you have a competition problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't worn that a lot. Yeah, a little. Little did I know. Yeah. 
Interesting. I did have a competition problem. You're right. Guy just has to win at everything. Damn right. Tries to. You don't like bowling? Did once. No. Really? Yeah. What if your What if your son? Hey, listen, the kids are different. Dad, if, the kid, if the kids are into it, I'm into it, man. Can we have my party at? Of course, yes, of course. Oh Absolutely. yeah, at the yeah, fast lane, fast lanes. I would. Uh, what kind of, you know what, parent would say no? Because I don't like doing it. No, of course I would. Yeah. I'm just making sure. <laughs> don't like bowling. Sorry. Question number two. <laughs> Uh, okay, Anthony, you are uh, known for your metaphors and similes, and am I? Well, I didn't. Even... The text line, you know. Yeah, but you we'll always do that. Like this guy is like, or huh. yeah, this we're... situation is as that. You know, sure. you are. You're Mister Simile. You got okay. the, you know, the low floor, high ceiling. You yeah. got the grocery store. Absolutely. Analogies, metaphors, similes. Yeah. You start the same with thing. the why guy, too. Yeah. Definitely. You always start with the why. Minimum yeah. salary is smaller than I expected, too, in the MLS. I was thinking, I'm like, they can't be that great. Uh, Anthony, from the 314, if you had two softball bats that you know would be outlawed by next year, but a friend offers you a replacement, a few sweatbands, and two future bats, would you take it? Would you think that's a good deal? Wait, say that again. If you had two softball bats yeah. that you knew would be outlawed by next year, uh-huh. but a friend offers you a replacement, a few sweatbands, and two future bats, would you take that deal? And do you think it's a good deal? You're getting three bats, Anthony. But the so the bats are the bats that I have are are they they're gonna be They're gonna be outlawed. So I can't use it. I can't use those bats. You next won't be year. using those bats next year, Anthony. Then, yeah, I'll take I'll take the, the return. Mm-hmm. Was I, it the bats know, that are usable? And I know what you I know where you're going with this. Or was it the uh, sweatband that really took you over the top? It was it, no. I'll tell you what really what really did it for me, Brad. <laughs> the fact that I couldn't use those bats that I currently have a year from now. That's what did it for me. Mm-hmm. Because why, why would I not get something in return? Do now? the rules change? Mm-hmm. I, well, in this in this analogy, it does. And Anthony, that that replacement bat that you are getting, you actually used to use that bat back in the day. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm familiar. You're with familiar that bat. with the bat. Yeah. Then yes, I'll definitely do so. Why have bats that I can't that I basically have to turn over and can never and not get anything for it? It right. doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Where did this question come from? It came from the tax line. <laughs> Three one four. You think I made it up? It's very interesting. It is very interesting. I'll give you that. What would you do, Brad? Look, I'm, I'm taking the bats that I know I can use in the future. I think that this is as easy as it comes. Like Pretty the, simple. The headbands are just a nice little, yeah, it's a throw-in. little addition. Maybe I maybe I can use those uh, those wristbands to, I don't know, get get my hands on some sunflower seeds or something like that. Trade trade those wristbands for sunflower seeds. Yeah, they're delicious. That's they one are. thing that I don't have enough of in my life is sunflower seeds. Now. What's your fave? Just OG. Just the OG, yeah, just the salt. But I like I, I like the dill pickle ones. The dill pickles solid. are my favorite. Anything salsa, you know. There's a brand called Spitz. All right, Spitz seeds, and they have a flavor. It's simply called seasoned. They're amazing. Really love them. Okay, love them. Real quick, Anthony, can we play a quick guessing game? Sure. So I was diving in a little bit more about this 
professional bowling. <laughs> you've, been, you've been on this ever since that question yeah, came Yeah, and I haven't found out what's like the most money anybody's ever made in their career. I haven't found that out yet. I'll, I'll dig into that a little bit more. But I do have the leader um, from 2022, okay, mm-hmm. the, the entire year. 15 events. What do you think is the most amount of money the leader ended up making for the year for the 15 year. So, events? So this is this is for an entire year, not Correct. just for one event. As everyone knows, I mean, this is basically like Tiger Woods. Like, you yeah. know, it's Jason Belmont from Australia. Two you, million. You already knew that. Two million. What? Yeah, two million. I'm sorry. I said bowling for bowling. For an entire year. For an entire year. Racking the up. best bowler yeah. of the year. Two mil. It's a real answer. That's a real answer. I'm going to tell you you're a bit high. Can I guess? Yes, please. The best bowler the entire year. year. Yeah, 15 events. Average uh, 224, by the way. Including endorsements. This is just his earnings. I'm going to say 220. 220,000. Are you undershot it a little bit? Did I? Yeah, but you're, I mean, way closer. Yeah. Anthony was in a whole different stratosphere. The answer, Jason Belmont from Australia, where the lanes, they go the other way. Of course. Uh, just like the toilets. 302520 Again, though, you're not factoring in the endorsements, which would get you eventually to 2 mil. So we got a text from the uh, the 314, Pete Weber, uh, career earnings $4 million. And then uh, Thank you. another text, are you getting my text? The answer is yes. I just read it on the air. <laughs> Thank so you. And he cool. also, but th- you have to factor in the uh, the grills too there because he sells grills. That's a different Weber. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Pete Weber, I mean, local product. The guy is a freaking hero. Mm-hmm. The fact that you know Pete Weber's mm-hmm. name, like he's the best bowler ever, right? You know his name. Certainly. Whatever you think you are, I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's an all-time <laughs> That's all-time quote. Question number three. All right, guys, from the 480, if Missouri makes a deep run in the NCAA tournament, will Dennis Gates be coaching elsewhere in the next couple of years? Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what Mizzou basketball is always going to be? Is Uh, going to be a stepping stone to a bigger job? Unfortunately, yeah. Why are they not a basketball school? Like, why are, why are you not a destination there? Because in the SEC, it's going to be very difficult for Mizzou to be a football school all the time. Like, it's just mm-hmm. football, football. We know what they're going on. I mean, why? But from a basketball standpoint, like, I feel like you have a very good chance to become a destination. And this is where I need you, boosters, to start paying these kids to come to school. Mm-hmm. Need more help with that NIL money. I think the answer that they're not more of a destination is you haven't won consistently enough. Until you do. Until you do. And then you go to a different job, which Probably. sucks. I mean, we've seen we've seen a lot of movement in basketball. Before he got let go, uh, Chris Beard was the Texas Tech head coach. Then he goes over to to Texas. We've seen we've seen a lot of movement like that where you think that well, isn't that just a a side like a you know you're you're, you're stepping sideways yeah. but unless it's kansas duke north carolina uh, yeah, there's only so many of those jobs though very true but i think Zaga, become a basketball school go zags i'm in Zaga's not having the, the year that they normally do they'll be fine okay question number four uh you guys brought up sunflower seeds and the text line wants to know best brand 
best flavor? BT, you kind of already gave your answer, but mine is the dill, the dill pickle. The dill ones pickle. What brand though? Sun what brand. What is it? Sun. What's main? What's the main well, one? David is the main. David. David. Thank you. Because you have Spitz, you have Bigs, you have not David. David, the the dill pickle David mm. brand. I'm in. What's your next one? They used to have one called Salsa Verde that I liked a lot. Really? I don't know if I've had that one. The barbecue is probably my second. You know what I don't like that, that a lot of people dig is the ranch, ranch. ones. I like, I like ranch. I kind of like mixing them. You ever mix them? No. Or you introduced don't, a whole I think they sell some of them now Do where they? they're mixed packages. Really? Where they have like some pepper ones and then some spice, you know, some different spices. By some... the way, just cracked pepper is a very good one, too. That is a good one. I don't think I've had that it's one. It's under, an underrated flavor. Tell you Anthony. what, we, tell you we don't want reduced sodium. If you're going to do it, do it. Exactly. I mean, there's sunflower seeds. Sunflower seeds were always one of mine. It was a big road trip thing. Oh, they, they got, got a bacon on. mac and cheese version? I don't think that sounds good at all. We have a nacho cheese version, too, according to the 618. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that one bit. But the uh, that's the road trip for me because it keeps you awake while you're driving, too. It's a good call. Very active snack. So, yeah, big, big ha- Bigs has cracked pepper. Chili lemon. Lemon. Buffalo wing? Is it chili limon? Limon, maybe it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I read it too quickly. Uh, Cheeseburger. (laughs) And some quesadillas. (laughs) They got a Taco Bell Taco Supreme one. You know what? I'm going to get some sunflower seeds. This one from the 917 says the ranch will give you mud butt. So, I mean, everything hits different people (laughs) in different ways. All right, let's go with one more. What? This is a sports six-pack. Question number five. All right, Anthony, I'm just trying to see where, where your head's at. I don't even think we're on five, are we? Yeah. Okay. We're on question number five. Just see, just seeing where you're at. Uh, from the 314, would y'all support capping NIL money in college football to increase parity? No cap. No. Just like anywhere else, uh, any other job, if somebody is willing to pay you something, That's then what you're worth it. Yeah, and it's I know it's it's like very muddy waters at this point when it comes to NIL and the rich get richer, you're going to get the best players, but once you've opened Pandora's box, like I don't see how you end up going backwards. If you do cap it, you know what's going to happen after that? What? They're going to pay kids under the table again. Oh, good call. I mean, that's 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 all you're going to get. So that's nothing will end up being up front. That's Brad Thompson, I'm Anthony Stalter. Let's get back into the Vladimir Tarasenko trade. It's the biggest uh, you know, biggest story of the day. Don't forget, we also need the biggest question of the day. So if you want to leave us a mic drop, you can. But why don't we hear some more from you? Your reaction on the Vladimir Tarasenko trade, uh, things you like or don't like about it. That's all next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey guys, great show. I'm glad the whole Tarasenko fiasco is over. He wasn't going to sign with us. Glad Army could get something for him. On the Ryan O'Reilly camp, I don't want him to leave. I hope that even if they trade him, that they can re-sign him in the offseason. I just think he's such a leader and such good energy for a team. By the way, what the hell was Jamie wearing in Mexico? You know it. He was wearing in Mexico. That was Chrissy. That sounded like Sharon. 
Maybe it's Chrissy. I don't know. I mean, it said Chrissy. It said Chrissy. It sounds like Sharon from Glencoe, though. Uh, so, to the answer, the answer to the last one, it's Jamie. It's Jamie. What was it? Was it a, a tiger? It was a tiger. Speedo. Something. He's got all of it on his socials. Just go ahead and follow Jamie Rivers for, you know, his Speedo choices. But, look, I'm on the same wavelength there. You got to move Vladimir Tarasenko. You weren't going to get anything in return for him. And I think everybody agrees with that. I think where people are upset is they they thought that maybe the Doug Armstrong could have got more. Clearly, he couldn't have because this is the deal he, he made. So we could play the game of, well, he should have gotten X, X comp compensation, but we're not on, we're not in the room. We don't, yeah. we don't hear these calls. And unless the reports were different, Brad, like if going in, going into today, the thought was you're going to get two first round picks for Tarasenko and a prospect. And that was consistent. It still doesn't mean that the people that are saying that are in the room, knowing what, what, what the phone conversations are like between Doug Armstrong and other GMs around the league. But at least we, the expectation would have, would have been set higher. For us, and I've said this throughout the course of the day, for it to be a first-round a first pick and a prospect, that was consistent for the compensation for Vladimir Tursenko. And then the deal comes out and you got more than that. I'm satisfied. You don't kill it with rentals. Like, that's it. And you have the rental, and then the, the biggest part that you added in is the, the no trade. You are pigeonholed at a, a certain point. And Army and the entire team over there with the Blues, you know that they have been fielding calls from many teams, probably making calls to more teams than they're fielding them from, and the offers have been lukewarm. And when you have a, a player, or more specifically his agent, that is telling you, hey, this is where he wants to go, make it happen, he's off your plate, you don't have to worry about it anymore, then you make it happen and then he's off your plate. And then you figure out the future as it comes. So you free up some space. Mikola goes in this deal as well, frees up some cap with that. And again, we got that text earlier that said, well, now your biggest, most physical defenseman is gone. How's that working right now with your big physical defenseman? Not great. Well, He's... you're allowing a lot of goals, so sure. And that. maybe you need to be bigger and more physical. Don't know, but like and things better. are not going well. So yeah, you don't like it. Play better. Here's an interesting question, though, that we got into the Air Comfort Service text line three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. Anthony, uh, and I want I want your take on this. Do you expect the Rangers to announce a contract extension within the next few weeks, or will Vladdy hit free agency? I would imagine he'd hit free agency. I would, too, at this point. Maybe you love it, maybe you don't, but what's the point of signing on? Because if he goes on a tear with uh, with the Rangers, all he can do is boost his market. Right. So, And I, I don't know financially exactly where the Rangers are. I have no idea what their cap looks like. I know that they're cap-strapped, mm -hmm. like many teams in the league, and that why, that's why the Blues are taking on some of the salary, 50% of the remaining salary of Tarasenko. Uh, but I expect them to hit free agency. You're, you're this close. There's no reason for the athlete, unless like they pony up what you believe is going to be top dollar on the market. I don't see any reason to sign a contract. Right. And, you know, as far as Doug Armstrong is concerned, because he has kind of caught the ire of, of several Blues fans, whether it's on Twitter or, you know, our text line, saying, you know, he, he's, he has been terrible since the, the cup. This is not one that I'm going to judge him on. Like, this, this, was, this was Kevin Shattenkirk. You had, to move, you, had, you had to move him. So when you're looking at, like, the last 
I don't know, a couple of years now since since the Blues won the Cup. I judge him on Alex Petrangelo. That that is where that is where things went sideways yeah. here, and and the moves that have been made since that point have seemingly been to fill the void left by Alex Petrangelo. And, and if you're if you're ticked off that David Perron wasn't resigned, I I would go back not to the Nick Letty contract. I would go back to the the, the Petro contract because then you wouldn't necessarily need Letty. You wouldn't have had the money given to Tory Krug. Like there's a domino effect there. Now, as far as the contracts, well, he's he's been bad with contracts. We'll see with Jordan Kyra and Robert Thomas. The idea of signing guys that are young and and you feel like they're going to be a part of your organization for a while. You got to play the wait and see game a little bit on this. You do for sure. Uh, here's here's another interesting text. This one from the two o eight. Anthony, you know where that is. Uh, North so, Carolina. That's right. Uh, this text says the thing is, Jr. and Curbs were on a bunch, and they kept saying that waiting till the deadline would get the greatest return. I think that's why people are a little upset. We all knew what the quote expected return could be, but the trade happening this early with nothing but a prospect and losing two players versus one—that's where I think the frustration occurred. If this exact same th- trade had happened at the deadline, I think fans would be more willing to accept it. Again, that from the two zero eight. Would- but but would you have received this? I mean, look, I understand that. I understand that aspect of it. But would they have? Re- would Doug Armstrong have received this? Because now we're talking about there's two risks you're assuming here. One, that the Rangers would still be willing to give up what they gave up today for Vladimir Tarasenko after a couple of more weeks. You're, the Rangers wouldn't have had Tarasenko the next two weeks. So we're assuming that they, they could have could have got more for Tarasenko at the deadline. Yeah, they could have easily pivoted and gone a different direction. Absolutely. So here's a, a tweet from Emily Kaplan. This is about three hours ago. According to sources, the Rangers targeted Tarasenko, a player they long coveted, and decided to go for it after feeling the asking prices for Timo Meyer and Patrick Kane were too high. Okay. Well, but they still could have pivoted. The other aspect of waiting, what's the, what if the dude gets hurt? It's not like Vladimir Tarasenko doesn't have a, a an injury history here. Yeah, mm-hmm. if, if you're Army, you say, okay, we got him back healthy, we got him on the ice, let's get him out of here. You, you're going to have two more weeks of games before you try to trade him? I Again, I understand the thought, and I appreciate the tax saying, here's why some are upset, here's sure. why I'm upset. But for me, it still doesn't change my mind in, the, in, in my opinion of, hey, Armstrong got – Probably got the best deal he could for him. That's why he made the deal today. All right, let's hear from Vic, and then we'll kind of sign off on the Tarasenko trade. Are you sure that Mo is not running the Blues now? We say it was supposed to be uh, Army making the trade, but it sounds more like a Mo, a Mo trade, or you know, uh, Dewitt slash Mo uh, trade. You're trading a high piece like Vladdy for some low draft choices. You guys keep talking about chips. Well, the chips are only valuable if the other team thinks they're valuable. An actual player is, you know what you have in an actual player. You don't know what's out there in the draft, not as valuable as Vladdy, and you don't know if the other teams want your draft choices. Uh, I concede, Vic, to a lot of what you said. Yes, Vladimir Tarasenko right now. Best player in the deal. Yeah, is the best player in the deal, and he's worth more than the compensation in, on an individual basis. Uh, is worth more than that compensation is. I, I There's no pushback I for me. I would agree. He's Go a, ahead and get to the, yeah. He's a rental. Right. He, this, you were, he was not coming back. 
you're not signing Vladimir Tarasenko back after this deal. Yes. So it was trade him now and get something for him or let him walk out the door right. and and hold the bag. Exactly. Now, so. people are saying, well, but you should have traded him a year ago. Perhaps they tried. Jamie brought up a great point about the Rangers being interested a year ago. They were cap-strapped. They couldn't make a deal. That's all you can do. Yeah. So, Vic, from from an from an absolute, like, Vladimir Tarasenko as a player, what he's worth compared to the draft chips, and I used that word chips earlier, yeah, there is no comparison. But it's supposed to be a really good draft, though. But you have to factor in, Tarasenko had no term left. This is not the deal for Tarasenko with two years left or even a full year left. This is Tarasenko for the for the remainder of the season. So it changes things. And if you don't equate for that, then that, that's kind of where the conversation stops. And you could very well swing and miss with these draft picks. Yeah. Which you still at least had a chance to swing. Right. Absolutely. And Vic, everyone's I looking understand that aspect for it. Yeah, you want to swing. That's right. Yep. You swinging tonight? What do you mean? On a dinner for the family? When you go home, yeah, swinging swing by. by somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call on that. Biggest question of the day next on One Hundred and One ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on One Hundred and One ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. That's right. Biggest question of the day. Brad Thompson, Anthony Stalter, BT filling in for Jamie Rivers. Marsh, what do we got? We have our guy Swan. Swan's been asking this question for uh, the past couple of days. We haven't got to it, though. But today is Swan's day for the biggest question of the day. Yeah, guys, my biggest question of the day is, I know you guys have said that the portal and NIL is going to hurt these small schools, which in some cases it will. They won't, will obviously lose, you know, their best player potentially a lot of the time. But I also think the infer- inverse effect will take place where you have like a great player that was a great recruit in high school and he just hasn't got the chance to play. And he'll obviously have to transfer. And why would you transfer to somewhere that's just as hard or, e- or just a little less harder when you could transfer down to a school and have the chance to be a star and get more playing time? Uh, maybe this effect won't be as big as in football where you have so many players on a team and everything, but in college basketball where there's only a limited number of spots and you only need so many guys to play, I definitely think in college basketball at the very least that the NIL and Portal will help these smaller schools. But what do you guys think about that? I agree with you, Swan. I, I think in college basketball it's it's different because of what you just said. It's There's limited amount of space. When, when Swan initially said, you know, a great high school player doesn't get his opportunity to play. I thought about football, and the first thought was, well, if, he, if he's great, he's playing. Yeah. There's, and, and maybe that's the same case in basketball too, BT, but things happen. Maybe it's an injury or something. But in football, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. In basketball, I could see it. You know what I think happens still, though? And uh, it shouldn't because you should do a little research and, and actually like kind of look into it. I think oftentimes you're still seeing young athletes pick the top dollar on an nil as opposed to pick the right fit at a school sure because still the the big schools with the best players like they might have their starting five already but maybe they're ponying up more money to have a deeper bench and you're a part of that and it looks good when your paycheck comes in but not so much when you're playing and then all of a sudden you're looking for the next thing so i think one of the biggest things and it's easy for me to say right here not being in any of these kids shoes who are, are going to get actual tangible money for the first time in their lives, potentially.
essentially, uh, where it's like, hey, what's the best fit for you? What's the best fit, fit for your future? A lot of times you're thinking, well, the best fit would actually be some money in my pocket and it could help right. out my family a little bit. But I, I think that the, the whole process of it is, is interesting. And we talked about that aspect of the NIL and the individual players. But the, the part is when we were talking about Mizzou and how they how do you turn it into a basketball school, right? Like, how do you keep that talent in there? Like, you might be able to land a couple of those good players and keep them in. How do you keep building a full team? And how mm-hmm. do you keep everybody happy? How do you become a destination? Uh, NIL money certainly has a lot to do with that. Uh, but it's the chicken or the egg. Anthony mentioned it. Like, oh, we got to be a proven winner. How the hell do you build that? How do you, right. how do you get to be a winner? It is a difficult proposition. Like these blue blood schools that have already been out there. I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head of a school that wasn't like a perennial blue blood. And now we're thinking of them. It's like, oh, that's a basketball school. Like that, that is the one. What, well, Gonzaga. Maybe. What about Virginia? That's good too. You know, this yeah. is this is a school that, I mean, unfortunately they lost to the that 16 seed the one time, but then they won the national championship the year you after. You know who that was? That Baltimore was uh, County of yes, the the uh, Labradors or something like that. Yeah, the retrievers. UMBC. UMBC. Yeah. When it comes to small market, I think I think though uh, BT, and I'm not going out on a limb by saying this, in college basketball, you can have a mid major have success, f- sustained success, like Wichita State. Remember their their run there for a yeah, while. Yeah. I think you can have that sustained success, and I think you do it like a Wichita State did, where you you have players all four years. They might not be highly recruited. They might they, they might not be the guys that are going to wind up in the NBA after only a year, but you know you're going to have them for four years. So you actually build a team, you build a foundation, you have that chemistry, and now those four you know four or five players, if they've been there the entire time, or for the majority of their collegiate career now they're going against guys that are going to be playing in the nba in a year and haven't had that chemistry haven't been playing all those games together and i think that's that's how you build a sustainable program oh yeah you're absolutely mid, right mid-major unfortunately you still even in mid-majors there's so much turnover right now sure. for the things that swan is talking about so let me ask you this anthony whoever your favorite college basketball team is central okay, fire up chips yeah. uh would you rather have a great coach a great coach or a great recruiter a great recruiter i think so too especially since you're like a lot of these players are kind of one and done they're getting in getting out you hope to just strike lightning or catch lightning in a bottle like that's what you're trying to do at this point because your concept and it's one that i firmly believe in is a way to build a, a great program you get them in you teach them this is how it's done here you grow year after year you build leaders the old the upperclassmen show the younger kids how to how to do it like that's how you build a culture yeah that's how you build something but we are in an age now where we're just trying to build it overnight and if, if you continue to try to do it the old way which i still believe to be the right way all you're going to do is fall behind right i feel like having a great recruiter is one of the most important things that you can have in sports even sure. more and when and when i'm still thinking college basketball here right. really more so than anything it, it's almost more important than having that great x's and o coach or that great leader coach Good Ed Orgeron. He built one of the best college football teams in ever. Then turns out he was kind of like he talked. 
Show, make sure you download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com or if you have the 101 ESPN mobile app available right there. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talked a lot about Vladimir Tarasenko today. Got some perspective from Jamie Rivers and Chris Kerber. Heard from Doug Armstrong for the press conference for Vladimir Tarasenko. So it's basically been a Vladdy day. Tomorrow we'll get, I mean, pretty big news with Vladdy getting dealt. I mean, we led the show. With KD yeah. getting traded. We didn't even get to the other trades that happened in the NBA. There's been a lot of them, Brad. A lot went down at the NBA trade deadline. We should probably talk some Super Bowl tomorrow. I think that's what we'll do. We'll <laughs> do a little be. Super Bowl talk tomorrow. Absolutely. <sighs> we, didn't do one, we didn't do any Super Bowl talk today. Marsh, what, what do you got? Yeah, we just got a text that just came in from the 618. This is how the trade should have went. Damn it, Anthony, you should be ashamed of yourself for not holding Mo and Armstrong accountable. And uh, it says to the Rangers, Vladimir Tarasenko, Nico Mikola, Paul DeYoung. <laughs> to, uh, and the Blues get Sammy Blay, Hunter Skinner, you know, the, the 2023 first round pick, you know, the, all that. But uh, Paul DeYoung was thrown in this trade. Paul DeYoung, yeah, yeah, going to the Rangers, that makes certainly makes some sense. Maybe fine. Yeah, find a, a trade partner. Uh, may I, guys? Um, yeah. If, Your show. If you are ticked at me for not holding Mo or Army accountable for not getting more out of this deal, I've got one thing to say to you. Do you really think that the witch are like, well, look, look, Anthony Stolter said that. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fire Mo. I never thought about it. The other thing That's is, my favorite thing. this is your fault. You didn't believe more. If if you believed more that wow. Army would get more out of the Tarasenko deal, then this is on you. You got to start believing more. Marsh, tell him. Just blame the fans. This is yeah. on you. Marsh, who do I hold responsible for the game one collapse against the Phillies in the wild card round? Me. That's right. And yeah. why is that, Marsh? Why, why is, is that? And why is that? Because I didn't believe Anthony. That's right. You're walking around this studio even before they blew it saying, they're going to blow it. I know it. This kid didn't believe. And then that manifests itself mm. onto the field into Ryan Helsley's thumb. And the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history, BT. Uh, that one is kind of on you, Marshy. I Go apologize. Ahead. Thank you. I apologize. Uh, from the 980, I'm sorry, from the uh, 
from the 636, Jamie looks very supported in his Speedo. Yeah. Send. I think so. Sent. Good text. <laughs> and received. Mm-hmm. Good text on that. Yeah. Uh, from the 980, this is my favorite part of the show is when the gauntlet comes up and when Ranthony makes an appearance. Yeah, no problem. It doesn't take much, I don't think, mm, to no. get the Ranthony out of you. No. No. A couple of times, mentioned some accountability, something that uh, Anthony should be doing that he obviously has no control over. <laughs> I don't get him going a little bit. It's a good call. I think you phrased that perfectly. <laughs> Uh, this is from Swan, who left us uh, the biggest uh, question of the day. BT and his PG, yet very obvious inappropriate jokes, are some of my favorite parts of every show he's on. Look, I'm going to tell you right now, and I know when this came in. If me saying beating around the bush brings up some sort of a joke to you, go ahead and find a mirror. Yeah. Look in it and say, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. We're beating around the bush. I like Swan too. He's a it's a really nice guy. Unbelievable. Gives us content. Sure you know, does. Great but person. Really clinging to things. Find a mirror indeed. For Andrew Marsh and Brad Thompson, I'm Anthony Stalter. We've got instant replay coming up right now. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.